0: New York, Bernie and sit in the morning. hot radio seventy-seven.
1: W- for us, to live any other way was
2: nuts. To us, those goody-good people who worked <laughs> jobs for bum paychecks and took the subway to work every day, worried about their bills, were dead. And they were suckers. They had no balls. If we wanted something, we just took it. If anyone complained twice, they got hit so bad. Believe me, they never complained again. <laughs>
3: Know I'd go from rags
4: to we just we had that
5: on conversation on this show last week, and my answer was met with horror from the rest of you guys. Bernard wasn't here when I said that I thought Goodfellas was a better mob movie than Godfather. Oh, you can't say it. Well, I did. I said it last week, and um, I'll say it again. Just a couple of days, literally, before we lay Passed away. We've got so much to get to today, including that very, very sad story. But we must start this Friday morning, as we start every show, by bringing in my partner. What a tremendous, tremendous on air radio talent. The courage, the bravery every day. Here he is, about to enjoy with me a three day weekend the great Bernard McGurk. Good morning,
3: Bernard. Good morning, Sid Rosenberg. You make me blush. Listen, a uh, mediocre at best. I know I'm in the New Jersey Radio Hall of Fame. Yes, you are. But let's not get crazy. <laughs> let's not get uh, over the top. I know I've been around for what 35 years, and uh, I was with Imus, and I was on Fox News, and all these great pro. But I'm still just a uh, uh, still just an average uh, an average Joe, as far as things go. But no, listen, I listen. I I appreciate what you say, and really, a uh, Memorial Day weekend, Ray Liotta casts a dark cloud, as does the uh, massacre, of course in texas but uh, it is memorial day weekend and far from being uh just a celebratory weekend it's one that you must remember it's some gave all all gave some just remember yep. that yep as you pointed out yesterday as you're biting on that hot dog uh particularly on monday on memorial day itself but uh, that's what the weekend is all about but uh, having uh, gotten on my soapbox i'll step back off said and uh, that was a great open there with uh ray Liotta and of course, Henry Hill in, in The Great Goodfellas. Yeah, Henry
5: Hill was a colorful guy. I used to listen to Henry quite a bit, as you did when he would call into Howard Stern. I, I guess he wasn't worried about all those guys that were supposed to be killing. How a lot of those guys never got out of jail. Robert De Niro's real life character, I guess, was uh, Jimmy Burke or Jimmy Conway. confused the two. Paul Sorvino's character. I, I will say this uh, I, of course, um, I'm not addicted to social media. But I'm certainly on it quite a bit, quite a bit. I Instagram quite a bit. When I Instagram something, Bernard, it automatically goes to Facebook. And lately, since Elon Musk got involved in Twitter, I've been tweeting more often. Yesterday, I, I, I took Steve Kerr to the woodshed. But uh, the one thing I don't do, look, if I, if I uh, meet a famous person, a guest on the Bernie and Sid show, they come to the studio, I'm on a movie set, I'll take pictures and put those on social media all the time. But the one thing I don't do is when somebody dies, and I've got a picture of me and that person, is run to my social media to put that picture up. If they're in the studio, if they're at a restaurant on a movie set, yes. But what is this fascination that you've met somebody and they died and you must put the picture on Instagram right away? I saw it in big numbers with Regis Philbin, saw it again yesterday with Ray Liotta. What is that all about?
3: Well, it's, uh, you know, attach yourself for one last time oh, to a uh, what was a living legend and is now, unfortunately, yeah. among uh, the late legends. And I, I guess that's what it is. I, is I it mean, you know, if it's, it's Robert funny.
5: De Niro, I get it. Joe Pesci. But somebody who met him once at a golf tournament in Tennessee, here's me and Ray Liotta. I mean, come on. I don't
3: know. I, I just don't know, get that. You know, it's funny, the, the things you take away from certain uh, events. <laughs> I mean, you get so pissed off, too. It's I like unbelievable. Know, I do. What are you doing with it? What, what's the matter? Bye-bye, I mean, bye, I, bye, bye, bye. But He didn't know you.
5: He doesn't care about you. I mean, give me a break. I mean, you know, I understand. We're all upset today. First of all, it wasn't just Goodfellas. He had that uh, very iconic role, too, as Shoeless Joe Jackson in one of the greatest movies of all time, Field of Dreams. I mean, he's having the catch with Kevin Costner. And uh, if you didn't cry watching that, you've got no heart at all. And I, he's got a laundry list of IMDb movies. But I will say this. I did watch Bernard a couple of months ago, the prequel to The Sopranos, that uh, Angels or whatever that's, that Newark. Yeah, um, yeah, that yeah, m- yeah. And uh, Leota. Angels of Newark, i yes. So uh, Christopher Moltisanti, played by Michael Imperioli in The Sopranos, his father, Dickie Moltisanti, was pretty much... The center of that movie. Believe it or not, Christopher's father, not, not uh, Jimmy Gandolfini's character, even though his son did a good job. He wasn't the star of the movie. It was all about Dickie. And uh, Dickie Moltisante, Christopher's father, kills his own father, Christopher's grandfather. And the guy that plays that role in the movie is Ray Liotta. Real jerk, son of a bitch, beating up his girlfriend, his wife, and I should say, and he's got the girlfriend, and he's just nasty. And Dickie Moltisante kills him in the car. And that's Leota's character. And I said to Danielle, "I'm up. I go. Wow, what happened to this guy? I know he had some pock marks on his face, but he was such a handsome guy in Goodfellas, and uh-huh. he looked fat and sick in that movie. And then, of course, he passed away yesterday at the age of sixty-seven in his sleep. But he really Bernard has not looked good for years.
3: No, and he's always had those uh, pock marks. To be quite honest with you, listen. But he was still I, handsome. Uh, he was, And, of course, you know, with benefit of." Uh, a multimillion-dollar makeup industry in Hollywood. Uh, they made him look good. But I, I actually had the fortune, the good fortune, of meeting him and actually spending some time with him, believe it or not. Wow. And this isn't one of these deals where, you know, here's a picture of me and Ray Liotta because <laughs> yeah. I never had anybody take a picture with us when we were hanging out. It was at Madison Square Garden in the late 90s when uh, Imus was reigning supreme on WFAN. And I had uh, good contacts, John Cirillo and others. Yep at the uh, New York Knicks I was sitting courtside next to Ray Liotta and uh, before the game and uh, during halftime and that type of thing they had a room for us and we actually hung out in that room I was there with somebody I forget who I was with he was there alone and we didn't have much conversation if any at all and he was just quiet again he was there by himself and he did have those pock marks, and he, you know, they were they, they were noticeable, they were visible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's one of the, the, the takeaways from that encounter with him. How about that? But, but that was my one, uh, you know, my one, ex- my my one yeah. uh, experience with Ray Liotta, if you will. And I will say this: uh, you mentioned the uh, Angels of Newark or whatever the hell it was called. Ray Liotta was actually born in Newark, New Jersey, yes. and he, he grew up in Union, New Jersey. He grew up part time in in an orphanage. Yep. And then he grew up. He went to Union High School, Union, New Jersey. So he was the local product. And finally, I would ask you this question. Hey, they found him dead in his sleep. And you mentioned he looked uh, you know, fat and out of shape and horrible. Any uh, a cause of death listed so far yet? No? Well,
5: you know, you say that. And the first thing Danielle said to me was he died in his sleep in the Dominican Republic. And uh, we just lost three people in the Bahamas, and you're always saying, "Be careful when you leave the country." So, you know, you know, you, I don't think he did drugs. I don't think. I well, mean,
3: that, yeah, see, that's where I differ. I, I think it's got to be he was abusing himself. I mean, you you don't look at th- that bad at 67, or whenever you saw him in this movie. That was, yeah. The movie was taped, uh, filmed. Had to be what, two or three years ago? Something like that, yeah. So he was uh, basically uh, my age uh, two or three years ago. Yeah. And you don't look that bad uh, just genetically.
5: but he he could be eating. I don't know if it's uh, drugs necessarily. or I don't know. Maybe he had some condition. We don't know. We know he passed away in his sleep. But believe me, we had the same conversation you and I are having now, me and my wife, and went over all of it. Well, maybe he was on drugs, maybe this, maybe that. We don't know. But um, we do know he's gone, and that was an iconic movie, a great role, it really was. And I guess, uh, Bernie, as you and I always say, you know, Depeche Mode was one of my favorite bands back in the 90s. I saw them twice at Giant Stadium. I had this conversation with Lou Rafino and their keyboard guy died yesterday, too. I guess, I guess if you live long enough, you start to see people around you that you know or that you don't know but enjoy Pass away, and right. um, two of them, the Pesh Mode and Waleyoda, we lost yesterday. So, kind of yeah. a sad day. Uh,
3: yeah, that's the way it is when you age. By the way, uh, in in all the confusion yesterday, speaking of aging, my dad turned ninety. It was his birthday yesterday. Oh my to god! I wish him a happy birthday, and then uh, the s hit the fan uh, te- te- technical wise here on uh, you know on WABC, and I forgot to wish my dad a happy birthday. On his ninetieth birthday, so yes, as you age and he 's a perfect example he 's like, "I have nobody left this one here that's yep. a, you know that 's all yep. you do is go to funerals, yep. and then yep. next thing you know you have nobody to take you to a funeral except your family yep, uh, so anyway that 's that
5: well, happy birthday to your father, and uh, God bless him. What a wonderful man and what a great family uh, he uh, he has, uh, especially you. Uh, and we went through the same thing with Nana. Don't forget, she died. She was 97 years old. When I met Danielle and her grandmother going on 30 years, 30-year uh, anniversary coming up June 25th, she had a ton of friends. We'd go to the apartment in Brooklyn, Avenue N on East 14th Street. There'd be 10 people there, five different couples. And uh, they all died, all of them. And I remember wow. Nana saying, thank God for you, Danielle, Ava, and Gay, because there was nobody left. Her husband had died, the grandfather, uh, maybe 20 years ago. So yeah, you know, you live into your nineties, and and there's very few people left. That's, that's why my mother is actually very lucky, Byrne, because even though my dad passed away, you know, she's got four kids, she's got over 20 grandchildren, uh, almost 20 great-grandchildren. <laughs> I mean, that's why somebody like her is actually very lucky because lots health. of yeah, lots of folks who live that long pretty much, you know, die alone.
3: Yeah, no, that's true. The family, of course, is uh, everything as you get older. Uh, but uh, yeah, she does have her health, your, your mother, right? Uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean
5: she's got uh, little things here and there, right, but for a right, lady her age, she's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah.
3: that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, listen, one last thing on uh, on Ray Liotta and Henry Hill. Nobody does a better or a funnier Henry Hill than Lou Rufino. I think it's Pesci you're thinking of, though. I think. Oh, you do a great Henry Hill. Is what? Like, Karen, what are you doing? To me, that's Karen? all the money
6: we had. <laughs> oh no! no! Yeah.
5: That is is, good. That is good. good. That was uh, when, of course, she flushed the cocaine down the toilet bowl, the great Lorraine Bracco. Eric Salas in our video department says many Saints of Newark began filming in 2019. It was released in September of 2021. We've got cuts this morning we'll play, so we'll do the radio story all day. But you did bring up the shooting. This is now day three that we're still on this story, of course, and every day there's more details Less details that I'd like to talk about. I mean, really, what they're doing now is piling on the cops. Cops get there. They do nothing. They stand outside. The parents... Lydia did this yesterday. The parents are begging, go inside. They're going to kill my kid. Go inside. They're going to kill my kid for about an hour. They do nothing. And then eventually, some elite border agent says, enough of this. He rushes in, and he kills the shooter. So uh, the cops are getting really maligned out there in Uvalde. And again, like you said yesterday, I don't know what the training was, what the practices were. They're still human beings dealing with an active shooter and little kids being gunned down in a classroom. you got to take that into account. This is not a big city. But the cops right now, Bernard, seem to be
3: taking more heat than the actual shooter. Cops under siege. Well, yeah, and, uh, I mean, these are legitimate questions to ask. You you remember Columbine. They stood around and they waited for the uh, SWAT team or something to show up. Yep. And if you didn't learn from that in Parkland there was a guy there was one guy who, who who was a complete and total coward. He was a police officer. We always say that the uh, vast majority of cops are good, heroic, you know, just wonderful individuals, but there are the, there are bad apples and there are, you know, they're humans and some of them fall short. And so uh, this thing that happened on Tuesday, these are legitimate questions to ask if you have a an active shooter. Locked inside a school with kids, they're all still alive, and you hear shots going off, and you're just, you're you're all these armed, uh, you know, uh, these armed sheriffs and cops and whatever they are from all around the vicinity are just standing around. It's a legitimate question to ask: Why the hell did you didn't you bum rush the damn school or something like that? You have to do something, and that's that's been the protocol. They know that. They know that they should have. They didn't do it, and uh, you mentioned the border patrol agents. Those guys didn't show up. It's when they showed up, finally, this elite unit. And they said, hey, we can't stand around. We've got to go in there and do something right now. And they did. And that's when they killed the, the, uh, the dude, yeah. like, the little animal. I, look,
5: I, I don't, we'd, have to, we'd have to speak to these people. The guy in Florida, you may remember, lied about it a thousand times. And I think the name of the sheriff down there was uh, Steve Israel. And he eventually got replaced or quit, I believe. Yeah. Uh, everybody lied about it. But uh, if, you, if you ask me. And I haven't spoken to one of these cops out there in Uvalde. I know it's going to sound crazy because they're policemen. And nine times out of ten, police are about as brave and courageous as anybody you'll ever meet. And they're tough guys. What if I said to you they were
3: scared? Uh, Yeah, but it's not good enough.
5: I know. I agree. But, but, But outside of any other logical explanation, other than maybe they didn't want more kids to die and they figured if they made a mistake, he'd kill 20 more. What is the logical explanation?
3: No, that that is it. That that's the, the most plausible explanation is they were frightened. They, they didn't know it was just an eighteen-year-old one shooter inside. They had no idea. All they heard was shots going off. There was some whack job uh, in, in, in a black outfit that eyewitnesses saw going into the school. They didn't know how many others there were. It had to be fear. And but that again, if it was fear, that's not good because you got you you must be will, willing to give up your life. For a child, yeah, you have to. I agree. Uh, so, I agree. Uh, so these again, legitimate questions, and, and the fact that they they essentially lied to us for a day, for almost two days. I know Governor Greg Abbott got bad information. Some people got bad information. Others were like, "We can't release this information. This makes us look terrible." Right. Well, this so, same so, thing happened in Parkland.
5: I mean, they lied down there too. So that's kind of becoming. Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of normal with these these stories where. The, uh, the city, the the county, they lie about uh, what the police did and didn't do, and that just really compounds the issue. So you're right. These are legitimate questions, and in the end, the cops look like they deserve to be criticized. You know, I said yesterday during the Lydia segment, and I know you feel the same exact way, maybe more than me, that I, I really have a hard time criticizing cops because I believe they take too much abuse as it is. But in this case, it does seem warranted. Maybe the saddest story Of the whole thing. Not the saddest. It's all very, very sad. But, uh, man, like I just said, I'll be married 30 years in June. You've been married uh, 30, I think, already with Carol. There's no question how much we love our wives. But if you really want to test how much a wife loves a husband or a husband loves a wife, one of the uh, two teachers that was shot dead in this school, her husband died of a heart attack literally the next day. He literally died. Of a broken heart
3: how about that yeah ter- you see the pictures and it, it just makes you makes you you know it makes you emotional look, look the, the, the he did he went to a uh, service for her got home and uh, w- when he arrived home he, he felt the collapse of a heart attack literally of a broken heart I guess you yep. could say yeah uh, they had four kids together uh, the oldest being 23 the youngest in the seventh grade and uh, So, yeah, you you always hear these stories, uh, you know, 95-year-old man dies, uh, you know, two hours after his 94-year-old wife. Yeah. And anyway, this uh, seems to be, follows along that path.
5: Well, you you know who that happened to, actually? The very famous Heisman Trophy Award winner who played for Donald Trump with the New Jersey Generals and then in the NFL out of Boston College, Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie's father died one day of a heart attack, and his mom went to the hospital, and I believe she died that night also of a broken heart. So Doug Floody lost both of his parents on the same day because of that. So uh, anyway, uh, the other story, uh, as you talk about uh, lies coming from the school, we were told that the gunman was, was um, involved in, in shooting with cops before he got inside the school, and it turns out that wasn't the case either, that he just kind of walked in uh, unobstructed.
3: Right. Yeah, no, that's right. There was, there was, that was another bit of misinformation put out by... We don't know who put that out, but uh, it, it goes to show you in the early hours, uh, you know after one of these tragedies, we really should just lay back and let, let the facts let, the, let these uh, investigators amass the facts, put them together and then have a press conference. They did do that, and they said that he was in, you know he was, uh, he was ca- encountered by a school safety officer. Never happened. I nope. don't, know, don't, don't know why that information came out the way it did. But uh again a part of uh, another question like why was that yep. information put forward and who put it forward yep. initially uh so yeah that that's going on and it's uh it's not a good thing for the, not a good look for the police no. officers but uh we reserve judgment is what we do because of the facts uh, as we just stated are not in so we we're not going to judge uh, maybe there was very good reason for what they did It's hard to think what it might be, but uh, we'll we'll reserve judgment on that.
5: All right. uh, Big sports night, too. The Rangers are one game away from elimination while the uh, Edmonton Oilers move on to the finals. And the Golden State Warriors, for the sixth time in eight years, are back in the NBA Finals. Tom Sullivan will be here at 640. Rob Shooter at 740. Greg Kelly, our colleague, coming up at 840. Big show, Bernie and Sid, on a Friday.
1: Bernie and sit in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
3: Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Ladies and gentlemen, download that app. You will not be, uh, you will not be regretful. You will, you're going to love that. Uh, you know, Sid, uh, we, we talked about this yesterday, how that uh, dirtbag president we have uh, signed this uh, Police Accountability Act into, uh, well, he, whatever, he signed it earlier this week. Really mostly symbolic affects federal police officers, and it was just an opportunity to stomp on police on the two year anniversary of the george floyd death uh Saint George Floyd, as he's called in certain circles now uh of course, there was a, a complete and total overreaction to the death I've been saying that forever, a lot of people saying it now, but uh I wasn't afraid to say it back when it when it was uh, you know politically incorrect to say the overreaction led to a lot of bad things bad bad things in this uh well in this society of ours and and we're suffering the effects of it to this day but i pointed out again that it was the 2 year anniversary of george floyd joe biden couldn't wait you know he had to get in, he had to u- utilize that anniversary even though it was it was tone deaf and it was it was bad timing because it was just a day or two after the massacre it's like what are you doing this for today oh next day the, the next day was the George Floyd uh, anniversary. Oh, that's why you're doing it. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes no sense, you moron. Well,
5: uh, you, you know, listen, uh, you ask people, who really runs this country? It ain't Joe Biden. Who is it? Is it Rice? Is it Klein? And most people say Barack Obama. And I know you know this already, Bernard, but just in case the listeners don't, the day after the tragedy, the day of the two-year anniversary, George Floyd, this was Barack Obama's tweet just see you
3: know what wait, wait, Joe wait. Biden. Hold, 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 hold. Yeah. Whose segment is this? Oh, you know about this already? Do I know about it? That's oh. what's the, the, the only reason why I brought it up.
5: Oh, because I, well, I had this thing printed out uh, yesterday by Justin. He just got it to me this morning. So I saw this tweet and actually remarked about it on Twitter yesterday. But go ahead. Fire away. You've got it. Uh, the Obama uh, 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 tweet.
3: Exactly. You, you just, you're stepping all over. I'm, I'm leading to exactly what you're. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. No, and, and you were ahead of the curve. We just didn't have the time yesterday. So, so good, good on you. Thanks. I'm a day late, but I, still, it's a, still as offensive uh, as it was yesterday. Aww. And this is what he wrote. As we grieve the children of Uvalde today, we should take time to recognize that two years have passed since the murder of George Floyd under the knee of a police officer. His killing stays with us to, uh, all, all of us to this day. And then it goes on to say, uh, especially those who loved him, George Floyd. Now, that it's like, like there's a competition. As we grieve the children, we should remember, hey, don't forget about George Floyd. There's another big bad tragedy that happened out there. You, I mean, this is the most one of the most divisive things. Uh, it, it was as divisive as what Joe Biden did. And you're right. He was probably the uh, mover and shaker behind this Police Accountability Act. We're going to do this on George Floyd anniversary. And then, of course, the shooting happened. And like, oh, damn. Damn. Couldn't this kid have waited a week? So we could have gotten, uh, you know, a whole day out of this, milked a whole uh, another uh, a day out of the George Floyd death. Uh, so it was really a disgusting display. And it, sure, again, serves why he was he was called the divider in chief. But Joe Biden is even worse, I, I have to tell you, even worse than Barack Obama. But maybe at uh, Obama's behest, so it may, makes Obama, uh, you know, a bad guy as well. Now, listen, Sid, back to uh, – so anyway – My apologies uh, for jumping all over you on
5: that. not I I had no idea because when I asked Justin, uh, because oftentimes I'll say, hey, if Bernie asked for this audio, and they'll say, well, Bernie asked for it, I'll stay away from it. So I asked him to print this tweet out yesterday, so I had no idea you were going to cover it today. And then the way you started the discussion, it made perfect sense to bring up the Obama tweet, but, of course, you had it already. So it's all good. It's It's
3: all good. good. Now, listen, one of the uh, officers for the Department of Public Safety The Texas Department of Public Safety just want to play this quickly listen to him dodge actually dodging questions he was really on the defensive yesterday this is cut 5 his name is Victor Escalon with the Texas Department of Safety talking about the questions that we all had uh, about why they waited an hour play it, Lou please
7: so you gotta understand
3: 1130 is the information we have at this point that we can confirm 1130 a.m. the PD gets a we got a crash and a man with a gun, and they have responding officers, that's what it is. If it's 12 minutes from 1130 to 1140, that's the information we have right now. Look, at the end of the day, our job is to report the facts and have those answers. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. So, uh, so we're going to have to wait. He was, he was, really. It was a long, painful uh, press conference to watch. And you and I talked about the bigger question. What is it about uh you know these the culture these days that it's producing young males willing to 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 engage in this kind of mass carnage and we talked about uh, the absence of God and uh, parents and all types of things and we were just spitballing a couple of days ago spontaneously but last night uh, our boy uh Jesse waters, a favorite of bernie and sid he he appears on the show many many times he said this about the the culture. Pretty much uh, validating, in my opinion, because he has the full faith and force of, uh, of Fox News behind him, helping him write this stuff. This is what he said last night on that issue. Cut eight, please, low.
8: What's changed is the culture. The nuclear families collapsing before our eyes. Church attendance is an, an all-time low. Kids brains are being warped by social media. And we forced our kids into lockdowns, isolating them from socializing with each other and pushing them deeper into video games and wicked internet sites. Sports aren't mandatory anymore. Drugs are everywhere. The media and entertainment industry fosters a sick thirst for fame and notoriety. And there's just a general lack of respect for human life.
3: You know, you might as well go, go ahead and play the other one, Cut Nine as well. He continued, it's short. Go ahead, play it, Cut Nine.
8: Most of these school shooters fit a profile. They're usually young males who come from a broken home and don't have a dad in their life. They're disconnected. They live online. They skip school, get into fights, do drugs and worship villains. Many times they hurt animals and hurt themselves. These patterns are well documented, but the FBI seems to wait until after the shootings to look for red flags. And social media companies are too busy policing pronouns to flag clues leading to the next school shooter.
3: Great line. Too busy policing pronouns yeah. uh, uh, to, to, to look for the next. And uh, social media could do a lot. They, I mean, they, 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 they have the technology, really, to uh, isolate a lot of people, potential killers do. like this. They
5: do. But I have to tell you, I loved everything except, except for the end. It was funny, but, I mean, the, the, the idea that they're going to find every one of these kids is so Monday morning quarterback and so unfair. It's just, it, to me, this is just to me, it's kind of silly.
3: How about just one? How about just fight, fight, you can't find one out of well, all Well, they these?
5: did. They actually foiled some kid in Indiana, I guess, who was looking to shoot up a school. They did foil that plot. And they do, they do foil a lot more than one. But uh, listen, the rest of it, great. And he just echoed what I said and you said a couple of days ago. And I was all over Lydia about the guns. Hey, let's talk about the... The moral fabric going away in our society. But I don't like it, just for me, when people come on the next day and blame police, FBI for not getting that kid. I mean, who's keeping their eye on some 18 year old kid in Uvalde, Texas? Let's be honest.
3: Well, it's not, you don't keep an eye. You have uh, the technology, means you have these algorithms designed to to detect people just like this uh, that that Jesse laid out uh, with all these particular problems. Mm. Uh, that, that, that that you could pick up on and say, hey, bing, 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 a uh, uh, problem, uh, I, I, you yeah, know. I mean, I
5: would say this. if Bill Robinson. M-
3: right. If he had months and
5: months and months of stuff on social media, that's one thing. The kid turned 18 last week, and he put up a picture of his guns literally two days before the shooting. Two days. so. Yeah, if you told me the kid was on for nine months talking about, I'm going to do this, here are my guns, here's the cat I killed today, that's one thing. This all happened in a matter of five days.
3: All right. Fair enough, fair enough. Just one last thing, though, as the, this, this segment runs out of time, is that uh, the Miami Heat-Boston Celtics game yeah. the other night, it was a blowout. Of course, the Celtics just uh, creamed the Heat yep. in Miami, and, uh, and I'm not unhappy about that at all. I'm rooting for the Celtics. Actually, now, cut 15, the Miami Heat— uh, public announcer, He. this is what he said at the beginning of the game. Cut 15 to the crowd in the Miami Heat. Uh, what do you call that stadium? American Airlines Arena. There you go. Cut 15, please, Lou.
7: The Heat urges you to contact your state senators by calling 202-224-3121. <clears throat> to leave a message demanding their support for common-sense gun laws. Oh you can also make change at the ballot box. Oh Visit heat.com slash vote to register and let your voice be heard this fall.
3: You, gee, I wonder what, which way uh, you, your voice could be heard at the ballot box. Mm. I wonder who they're urging you to vote for. Mm. Mm. Uh, so mm. they have the Miami Heat PA announcer. Mm. Not necessarily the NBA. Maybe he got reprimanded, but... Uh, you're inching closer and closer back in, into politics. Don't do it, NBA. I'm back. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm back into sports, baseball, uh, uh, basketball even. So please, please stay the hell away from our sports. Let us get a respite from the madness. Stop it, uh, Miami Heat. Anyway, you have that, and uh, we're going to speak to uh, Tom Sullivan coming up, also Rob Shooter. And uh, do we have our guest? Is he confirmed for 840? Should I promote him? Yes, yes. Uh Greg Kelly. Yeah, Greg Kelly, our colleague is coming on at 8:40. It's going to be great. This guy's uh, he's he's half off the hook. I love Greg Kelly. Anyway, uh, that coming up on the Bernie and Sid show. Traffic and sports as well. But right now, it's time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen every Saturday night, starting at 10 after Cousin Brucie. Well, starting at 10, it says after Cousin Brucie music radio. No, Cousin Brucie starts at 10. On 77 WABC Saturday? No, no,
5: no, 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 Brucey's on from 6 to 9.
3: Oh, you're right. It is Tony Orlando. Tony Orlando. 6 to 10, I'm sorry. (laughs) Saturday nights at 10 o'clock. Tony Orlando presented by Goya. Uh, Take a listen to this clip right here.
2: If you get a chance to see Rick Springfield live, don't miss it. Even to this day, he hits the stage. He's really awesome on stage. Jesse's Girl, a great record. And how about this? If this record doesn't identify with the 80s, and also, like Jesse's Girl, went to number one. In case you're joining us, every song we've played tonight goes from 1978 to 1990, went to number one. Like this one Boy George and Culture Club,
9: Karma Chameleon.
1: This is Sid on Sports. Oh my- Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC.
5: Once again, the Rangers are facing elimination. Down three games to one. Round one against the Penguins. They had to win three straight to win. They get it done. Once again, they're down. Now it's three games to two with a game six coming up tomorrow. At Madison Square Garden. Last night it was the Hurricanes over the Rangers by a final score of 3-1. to Not a good night for the Rangers. They did have one goal taken away, which would have given them a 2-1 to lead by Ryan Strom on an offside's call on Jacob Truba. Here is Rangers head coach Gerard Gallant after last night's Rangers
3: loss. I think it was a lot of us tonight, to be honest with you. I didn't think we played a game at all. I thought we were reaching with sticks all night instead of finishing checks with the body like we did the other nights. To me, it was the
10: worst game in the five games so far in the series, you know, they, they pretty well dominated that game tonight.
5: Game six coming up tomorrow. Winner takes on Tampa Bay. The Lightning swept my buddy Vinny Viola's Florida Panthers. For the sixth time in eight years, the Golden State Warriors are back in the NBA Finals under Steve Kerr. They beat the Dallas Mavericks last night. Here was Kerr after last night's win for Golden State.
7: For our team, our guys, especially the
3: uh, the core group, to be part of that um, six times in eight years. I don't even know what to say. It just takes an enormous amount of, of skill and
7: determination and work. And I couldn't be couldn't be proud of our
3: our
5: They'll take on the winner of the Heat and Celtics. That series is 3-2 to Boston. Boston has a chance to wrap up that series at home later on tonight. Yankees win again, beat Tampa Bay behind Nestor Cortez, 7-2. to They're now 32-13, and a 5.5 game lead over Tampa atop the AL East. The Mets were off. They lead Atlanta and Philly by 7.5. The Mets start a series against the Phillies later on today. Sports brought to you by the great Pete Morgan, Peerless Boilers. Check them out. PeerlessBoilers.com PavilionTankless.com they do build America's best boilers. He's a war hero and he's running for assembly in New York State. My dear friend Tom Sullivan joins Bernie and Sid next. With sports,
1: I'm Sid.
4: And Sid in the
1: On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
5: Now I see De Niro smoking that cigarette. Good fellas, again, we mourn the loss of 67-year-old actor Ray Liotta today. So last night, uh, quickly, there's a restaurant in my neighborhood, which everybody knows and enjoys. It's called Harbor Lights. And, in fact, the owner of that restaurant lost his son on 9-11. And you may remember when that plane crashed in Rockaway two months after 9-11, it literally crashed right across the street from Harbor Lights. It's a terrific restaurant. So we go there last night, me, Danielle, and Ava. And um, as we walk in the restaurant, there's a lady outside, and she sees me, and she goes, oh, my God, you're that radio guy. Sid, right? And I'm like, yeah, and Danielle rolls her eyes again. She's like, Jesus, is this going to be every damn day?" And uh, she couldn't have been nicer. She goes, you have to do me a favor. My husband is inside. He loves you. His name is Brendan. Go say hello to my husband. He'll freak out. I'm like, okay, no problem. We walk in. Danielle says, Course, over to the husband. She goes and sits at our table. I walk over. I meet Brendan. He's a sweetheart, great guy. His wife, Annie, beautiful girl. They have two beautiful daughters. And we sit down and have our dinner, watch the Ranger game. Dinner ends. I ask for the check. No check. So it turns out these people who have never met before, first time in my whole life, Brendan and Annie, Brendan bought the, bought the dinner. He actually picked up the check. I didn't see him because he left before the end of my meal. So if you're listening right now, Thank you very much. (laughs) You didn't have to do that. That was unnecessary. But that's the type of people there are in that section of Queens. Rockaway, Breezy, Bell Harbor. And one of the finest people in that section, and Breezy, is a dear, dear friend of both of ours. Long-time friend of mine, Tom Sullivan. You all know I'm friends with his brother Michael now for 42 years. Uh, Tom ran for Senate the last couple of years, and lost to the mainstay, Joe Adabit Jr., but he's running again right now for New York State Assembly, and uh, in fact, he's running against a lady by the name of Stacy Pfeiffer Amato in the 23rd Assembly District. But more importantly, as we get ready to celebrate Memorial Day on Monday, he served in Iraq in 2005, Kuwait in 2009, and Afghanistan in 2015. So you check all the boxes with this guy, huge heart, War hero, running for office. We need him to win. Here he is, back on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show, our dear friend Tom Sullivan. Good morning, Tom. Good
7: morning, Bernie, Sid. How are you? Harbor Lights. Is that a great local family restaurant or what?
5: It is. And, again, for these people to buy. <laughs> I never, I never yeah. met him before, and that's, I haven't seen the him neighborhood. since. Yeah, so very welcome nice. You.
7: Welcome to the neighborhood. Well, man. thank my you. My father loved that place.
5: And, and uh, yesterday or two days ago, right outside my house, I see the Tom Sullivan van. Tommy, Bernie, drives around a van all over Queens with his face on it, his name on it. He's running for assembly. So before we get into the war stuff with Memorial Day coming up on Monday, uh, you've run a couple of times. Uh, You ran a great race last time against a mainstay in Queens. How do you feel about this race for assembly?
7: You know, it's a challenge, and uh, we're just trying to communicate to the community here, you know, the role of government in our lives. And uh, you know, you'll find this neighborhood of South Queens. They they just want the basics out of their government. You know, they want they, they want to get to work safely. They want to get their their kids to get to school safely and come home safely. They want a solid education. Uh, they want clean streets and paved roads. Uh, and and with with all these uh, programs that everybody wants our government to get involved in, you just can't handle it all. And uh, so we need to get do these basic things for our, our friends and neighbors here in South Queens. And, you know, frankly, for all of New York State.
3: Absolutely. Tom Sullivan, it's a, it's a great honor. Tom Sullivan running for the New York State Assembly in South Queens. And, uh, Tom, A, thank you for your service in the military. Uh, unbelievable record that you have. Also for what you did on 9-11. I mean, you are a true, true American New York hero. And uh, it's really just an an honor and a pleasure every time I speak to you uh, through your friendship with Sid Rosenberg. So I'm blessed to have uh, to have these contacts so I can speak to you. So anyway, uh, coming up uh, this November of 2022, everybody's expecting this huge red wave. And I hope that you can ride the wave into the state assembly. But my question to you is this. Do you expect that red wave to actually in a place like New York, the People's Republic of New York, To manifest itself here as well.
7: Well, I just ask all New Yorkers, you know, especially the folks in the district, to, you know, read up on your candidates. uh, Give us an opportunity here in New York uh, as a Republican. Uh, You'll find some great people running for these offices, and uh, I often hear the term out there: "Where are the Republicans in New York, specifically New York City?" And uh, you know, we're we're out there, but we're we're fighting. You know, uh, the media is, is not always uh, gives us our, our fair share of, uh, of time, except for folks like you and, and Sid. And uh, we're out there. And, and as Bernie mentioned, uh, as Sid mentioned, I'm out there driving around in the van. I stop on the streets and uh, just I'm looking to engage the community uh, at every street corner. So, so if you if you see the van, wave me down. Yeah. A conversation, <laughs> right? And uh, I'll pull over. That's what I do. Uh, you know, uh, Sid,
5: you, you saw it. No, you are a sweet guy, and uh, you will get out of the van and say hello. So, big story in today's New York Post. Uh, I've been getting close, much closer lately, with Andrew Giuliani. In fact, we were supposed to lunch together yesterday. We're going to do it on on Tuesday, and uh, he's in this uh, race against Lee Zeldin, Rob Astorino, Harry Wilson, and others. And it turns out now that, according to the New York Post today, that Andrew Giuliani has overtaken Lee Zeldin and is now in the lead for the governor race. I bring that up because you served in three different countries. Once again, Iraq, Kuwait, and Afghanistan. Lee Zeldin also served. And I know you and Lee, both politically and militarily, have become very good friends. And, in fact, he even gave you a very nice endorsement all the way back in 2020, the last time you ran what are your thoughts on Zeldin's race and uh, this this horse on the outside named Andrew Giuliani?
7: Yeah. So look, uh, this is what it's about: getting to know the candidates. Uh, you know, his, his dad has been coming down to the Rockaways for ages. We saw him out here last year. I mean uh, Giuliani. Year, Giuliani, I mean, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 And uh, just just great New Yorkers that have so much passion for the city. And, you know, this is what primaries are about. You get to know the candidates. You make a smart choice. And, uh, that's, that's all we ask out of, out of the process. Uh, Lee Zeldin, I, I do happen to know. I, I, know him from the military. We bumped into each other, our paths across a few times, uh, in uniform. And, uh, I've been out to a couple of events now out in Long Island, uh, that, that he and, and, Andrew have shown up to. And uh, they're just fine gentlemen, both of them, and they'd be great for New York. Uh, but Lee, Lee, I just, like I said, I know him uh, a, a lot better from different facets of his life. And uh, we, we see the commercials of, of all the candidates, or we hear them talk, but when, when you talk to him one-on-one, he's just an absolute true gentleman who has just an exceptional knowledge of uh, what New York is good for New York. And uh, he he's a fantastic congressman, and he would make a fine governor uh, here in New York.
3: No doubt. Tom Sullivan running for the New York State Assembly here in New York in South Queens. And, uh, Tom Sullivan, listen, the big overriding, one one singular issue, of course crime, but uh, it's the no jail, no bail uh, law that emanates from the state legislature, which you are aspiring aspiring to become a member of. So the question is this. Yeah, it's, it's a time for niceties are over. I mean, these people are dug in despite the fact that they see blood and carnage occurring all over the state, but particularly in New York City. And I'm talking about Heasty and Stewart-Cousins. Uh, isn't I mean, Mayor Adams won't call them out by name. I mean, what can be done? Even if you get elected, you're still going to be in the minority, and these people are going to still be dug in. They won't let it come up for a vote. Uh, what What can be done about this no jail, no bail law? Uh, assuming you do get elected,
7: all right. First off, there is no question. Uh, we have taken our our eyes off the ball here. Uh, it, it is about it is about law abiding citizens. The majority of the people uh, abide by our laws every single day. Uh, they just want to go to work safely. They want the kids to go to school safely. Um, you know what about our victims? Right. We forget of our victims. We're so darn these, these You know, I hate to say this, but the Democratic Party is so focused on on the people who are offending everybody. Right. Thugs, whether yeah. through whether through violence or not. So uh, they've they've taken this no cash bail thing uh, way too far. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's said often out there that there's if you lock up about fourteen hundred to. To 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 close to 1,600 people, crime would probably drop about 80 percent, mm. right? Especially the especially the serious crimes in this neighborhood. But what that's done is given license um, in these neighborhoods like Howard Beach and Ozone Park. Yep, we may not experience the violence uh, other places in New York City, but they're, they're stealing cars again. They're breaking into cars. There's home invasions. Um, graffiti is getting all over, and it's all accepted. How did this become acceptable? It's because they allowed it to become acceptable, and this is what they talk about. This is what their policies support, and it's time for a policy change. I don't want to get personal with anybody, but their policies are floored.
5: No question. It's
7: time for a change in here in New York, yep. and I would ask these people in these neighborhoods yep. to, uh, you know, Consider a change.
5: And I see exactly what you're talking about driving through Howard Beach, Cross Bay Boulevard and all these spots on my way home on most days. In the last sixty seconds, Tom Sullivan, not only are you running for office third time now, not only do you have a great grasp of what New Yorkers and people in South Queens need. Bernie mentioned what you did nine eleven. Uh, literally throwing bodies on your back and uh, saving lives in those buildings that day. And I mentioned you served in Iraq in 2005, Kuwait in 2009, Afghanistan in 2015. Monday is Memorial Day. What is your message to Americans uh, enjoying that day off eating a hamburger from a guy that actually put his life on the line all over this world?
7: Memorial Day is a day of remembrance for all those who never made it back home. And any veteran who made it back home, remembers a friend, a neighbor uh, that, that never made that back home. And we made a promise, and we used the term never forget today, but that's Memorial Day, never forget, remember. And how do you do that? Go over to the local American Legion, local VFW, guaranteed you're going to find a little, you know, uh ceremony, go out to a parade. Uh, show them that you haven't forgotten. Show them that you do remember, and that you embrace these soldiers and these amazing people. My earliest days of veteran of Memorial Day is when I was eight years old. We had World War II veterans on a small little block. We would assemble at the neighbor's house, and uh, it was a World War One veteran. Uh, and I didn't realize it back then. My father just told me, said these are these are great people. We would go to that yard. We would raise the flag from uh, half-mast to full-mast at noon. Had to be done at noon. And um, it was just paying a little honor to these people that walk among us every day. So please, uh, take time out of your day and uh, remember these veterans uh, because one day, you know, they don't want to feel forgotten. Wow. Their service their service wasn't for uh Vain, what right? a message!
5: What a great message! So, and uh, what a terrific guy you are, Tom. The whole Sullivan yeah. family, but you're the nicest of the bunch. Don't tell Michael I said that. <laughs>
7: <laughs> no, but listen. That, that being said, <laughs> right. that being said, my brother Mike was all over me. Wish Bernie well, health to both years, and uh, from all the, Sull- the Sullivan's at Brennan and Carr, uh, we wish you and uh, all all the pe- good people of New York and uh, and this country a blessed, peaceful. Uh, Memorial Day, and uh, remember those, serve.
5: All right, you, Tom. Sir. Great job. We love you. Good luck uh, in your race. We'll talk again before November. I'll see you on the beach coming up this weekend, folks. That is Tom Sullivan running for New York State Assembly in the 25th District. And as you can hear, what a special, special guy he is, Tom Sullivan. Still more to come, including John Katz and Matitis kicking off Memorial Day coverage today, Rob Shooter and Greg Kelly. Our number two are Bernie and Sid right after this.
3: Show heard everywhere. It's hard to compete with uh, that gentleman. Uh, that's Jackie Wilson, is it not, Lou Fino? Very hard to compete with Jackie Wilson. Listen, we're heard on the 77 WABC app simulcast on Eastern Long Island News Talk 107.1 FM. Right now, as 77 WABC celebrate, and Bernie and Sid celebrate, uh, well, Memorial Day. I mean, you have to remember, folks, that's what it's about. That's what it, the Memorial Day is the reason for the weekend, the holiday and all those things. And 77 WABC is celebrating it in a big way. The men who gave all, some gave all, all gave some. Anyway, I want to bring in the owner of WABC and Red Apple Media, a man with a big heart, and he's just, it's just a wonderful guy, John Katz and Good morning, Mr. Katz.
11: Good morning guys and, and Bernie it's good to hear your voice is strong and uh, and uh you you're going to be licking that problem and that's the most important thing to me
3: thank you sir you've very very been very kind lighting candles for me and stuff like that I, I i've been I've been moved touched by what your actions and your kindness towards me in general of uh, these past uh, couple of years, but these past months in particular so thank you, sir, for those comments i appreciate appreciate it greatly.
11: Now, Memorial Day weekend, I mean, there's two words, uh, remembering and celebrating. Um, I don't know what the right word is. I mean, Memorial Day weekend, the true purpose of it is to remember the people that gave their lives. For us to be able to, to be here today, uh, for us to be able to have a, a dinner on a, on a Thursday night or a Friday night, wherever we are versus being scared. Uh, And um, we went through a lot of wars. A lot of people gave up their lives. And um, uh, it's about bringing the community together. And I'm concerned, uh, Bernie, I'm concerned that uh, the American people are not looking at it the same way anymore. Uh, How do you feel about it? Well,
3: uh, I would. I feel exactly the same way. I'm. I'm concerned as well, but I am encouraged by recent events. I think uh, the nation in general is experiencing an epiphany that the uh, the leaders we we're, we're led by dangerous fools. Let's face it, in Albany, down in Washington D.C., and I think that's becoming readily apparent because it's start, starting to affect people at the pump. I mean, in their pockets, at the stores. Uh, your story, Gristiti, is a perfect example. So uh, I do have some faith that America is, uh, you know, starting to wake up, speaking of woke, uh, a la 1980 and Ronald Reagan when morning in America indeed uh, befell this country, and we 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 resumed our greatness on the world stage. So uh, I am encouraged. I am optimistic at this point, Mr. Katsimatidis.
11: Well, I, I, we have to be concerned, though. And the next thing, you know, so many people have given up their lives. Now, there's a, there's a different war going on, uh, uh, Bernie. And uh, I think the uh, all New Yorkers, all Americans have to recognize it. There is a war going on right now that is not the customary war. It's not the customary war where we're sending troops over. It's not a customary war where we're bombing. It's a war against our way of life. And I think this weekend, uh, look, WABC, we're a community station. We love New York. We love America. And we have to, My uh, our duty, all of us, is to remind all Americans, all New Yorkers, that our way of life is important. And there are people out there that want to change our way of life. And uh, our borders are under attack our uh, social uh, system is under attack, our religions are under attack, Mm -hmm. Uh, our justice system is under attack. Name me one thing that's not under attack, uh, Bernie. I mean, it's getting out of hand. Uh,
5: It's all under attack. But, you know, what I want to talk about is the folks that uh, died in an attempt to make sure that wasn't going to be the case. And You know, uh, after this softball school shooting a couple of days ago, the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, Steve Kerr, got up uh, before his game against Dallas and yelled and screamed and pounded the podium and and all these things. And, And I tweeted Steve Kerr yesterday, John, and I said, let me tell you something. When the towers fell down, you know, Steve Kerr talked about how tired he was. I'm tired. When the towers fell down, Pat Tillman, who at the time was making millions of dollars playing in the National Football League, had a gorgeous wife, beautiful children, had the dream life. He was so tired that he decided to take a gun and went to a cave in lonely Afghanistan where he died of friendly fire. That's a guy that when he said he was tired did something about it. Unlike Steve Kerr, who by the way last night his team beat the Dallas Mavericks, he's in the NBA Finals and he was celebrating. Somebody like Pat Tillman, you talk about uh, sacrifice, if that's not a guy we all don't think about on Monday, not that he's more important than everybody else, but he gave up the cushiest lifestyle you could have in America today for the right to, to fight for this country. He's a guy we should be talking about today and Monday and not people up in Albany.
11: Well, this weekend is a time to remember uh, where, where we are with families and it's important to be with family. Uh, and uh, uh, we, it, it's just... Concerning, and I just want all our ABC listeners that we're we're open all weekend long. You know, just because it's a holiday doesn't mean we're we are not open. There's a lot of live shows all weekend long. You won't be by yourselves. You know, you know what the loneliest thing in life is? Being alone at three o'clock in the morning and 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 have nobody to communicate with. Well, Curtis is working all weekend, and. There's somebody to communicate with. There's somebody to listen to. There's somebody to talk to if you want to talk to somebody, and uh, that's what WABC stands for. It's a uh, we stand for the community. We stand for New York. We stand for our country, and uh, uh, we stand for our country's and our city's way of life. And uh, I, I know you guys have had your differences uh, with Eric Adams, but I think he is trying to do something, uh, and versus the alternative. I'm not doing anything, and uh, uh, I, I think that it's a, it's important to at least try. And um, I think the real enemy of New York right now, to get New York back to normal, is the state senate uh, and uh, the state assembly, and uh, they are holding uh, the governor and the uh, the mayor uh, hostage. Yeah. They're telling them we're gonna we're gonna we're we're not going to do this for you. We're not going to do that for you unless you do it our way. Well, how did I say it all the time? The heck with them, and uh, we are mad as hell, and we're going to do something about it. And I think the people of New York are going to do something about it, and we're going to take our our city and our state back uh, this November. I'm going to jump in and, uh, here. and that's it. You that's can jump it. in on your watch, for, uh, That's it.
5: No, no, no. Yeah, listen, we, we, we're on the same exact page as you. Uh, that's what we want, John Katsimatidis. That's what we need. That's what we are predicting on the Bernie and Sid show, that we will take it back in 2022 and 2024 and restore some sanity to what's now become a crazy New York City, New York State, and United States. Thanks again for this uh, wonderful day, John. Thanks again for... Keeping all New Yorkers in mind, especially our military, because nobody appreciates and loves the military more than Sid and Bernie. So thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you, guys, and thank you for everything you guys do. Thank take you, John. Tom. It. You are the best. The great John Katzmatidis. You know, I really did love it, uh, Bernie, when we had Tom Sullivan on also back at 645, and he said when I was a little boy, my father, his father John was a, was a big-time police guy, big-time police guy, and, and to take him, I, I could see the movie with Tom Cruise, born on the 4th of July as a little boy before he served in Vietnam in the movie, the real-life character, but to go to parades and to speak to World War I and World War II veterans, that's really, that's really a beautiful way to celebrate. Most people don't do it. they have a barbecue. They go to the beach. I get it.
3: But what a beautiful way to remember our our uh, brave men and women. Yes, that is the uh, really the ultimate way to do it. Uh, go out there to the Veterans Day, your local Veterans Day parade, and uh, and of course the you know Korean War vets, uh, Vietnam vets. You won't, you probably won't see a World War II vet, but uh, you will see a lot of Iraq war vets. But go out there and and ex- uh, you know express your gratitude for them. For, for what they did, but as John just point and by the way, I loved what he said uh, about if you're lonely, you can communicate, Curtis is here, you can just just hear the kindness in that man's voice, but uh, also he talked about how we're under attack, and I don't think these veterans died, So, and we're under attack from within, this is the scary sick part, we're under attack from within, whether it's uh, the state legislature, as he points out, or the uh, the the, the the commie wannabes down in Washington, D.C., the idiocracy. I mean, the the jails are empty. You have a gas at, at $7 a gallon in some places. You have these people coming across the border. They're allowing drugs to come in. And the scary part about it is these people look at all the, what I mentioned, empty jails, $7 a gallon gas, and uh, an open border with thugs and drugs and everybody, everything else is coming across as victories. They look at it as mission accomplished. That's what's so scary. We are under attack, and I don't think our veterans uh, gave or signed up to defend that type of uh, activity on the part of our elected officials. I really don't think they did.
5: I couldn't agree more. I know they didn't, in fact, and uh, that is uh, part of the depressing story which has become our city, our state, and our country. Still a lot more to do, Bernie, the naughty gossip columnist, Rob Shooter, live in studio before his appearance with Rosanna Scotto on Good Day, New York. He's coming up at 740. One of our colleagues, a guy that also served, like Tom Sullivan... Uh, the great Greg Kelly, he's coming up at 8.40. I see Corey Zelnick walking around the studio, real estate mogul, dear friend of both Sid and Bernie. He's, uh, he's here today, too. He's going to try to convince people, I guess, for the millionth time that New York is back. Good luck with that. And a uh, whole bunch of good stuff. Sports and one eight hundred eight four eight 848 wabc He just gave me the finger. That's not nice. Memorial Day is coming up. one 800 848 This is the Friday Memorial Day Holiday Edition of Bernie and Sid in the Morning, and we're thrilled to have you.
1: Bernie and Sid in the Morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
3: Here on the Bernie and Sid show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Listen, I'm gonna get into uh, Ray Liotta in a minute, and uh, and a little Ricky Gervais. You're gonna be surprised about this, but just briefly, the uh, biggest news of the day coming out of this, uh, or the overnight yesterday afternoon, coming out of Uvalde, Texas, was it, it emerged that the police were standing around for an hour. Before they did anything, they didn't. Con- nobody confronted the shooter as he went into the school, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So the police uh, spokespeople are on the defensive right now. And there was actually one woman standing out there with the police as they were exhorting them to go into the school. She actually was handcuffed. She was, she was getting rowdy. They cuffed her, then took the cuffs off. Then she ran and jumped the fence, went into the school, and took two of her kids out. She rescu- rescued her two kids. As the police officers the uh, sheriffs or whatever they were were standing around i don 't know if they were waiting for a, a you know a a, a task for SWAT team or a hostage negotiating team, but they should have learned from Columbine you don't do that you you go you you rush in immediately you try to engage the shooter is the protocol uh, at least it was up until yesterday now a lot of questions out there though, so we don 't want to prejudge the police Bernie Kerrick. He's a uh, he's a good spokesperson for the police. This is what he said about the whole situation. Cut seven low.
0: I don't know if they had people on the inside. I don't know. There's a lot we don't know. But here's what I can tell you. If there was nobody on the inside and they didn't have somebody engaging the suspect when all this was going on, I'm looking at cops standing there with plated body armor, with heavy weapons that could have been in the school. Could have been engaging the target I don't get it there's something missing and I'm hoping I'm praying that it's not what's portrayed because what's portrayed is a lack of leadership a lack of response and it could be really bad
3: it could be so uh, that's Bernie Carrick. Bernie Carrick is a great advocate as, as Sid and myself are for the police but uh, this is not it's not a good look right here we're gonna wait and see uh, w- what questions are answered today as this situation continues to unfold. Now, AOC, this dingbat, she said this yesterday about the shooter. Cut one, please, Lou.
11: We have the
12: radicalization of young men. This is an issue. Um, Young women are not doing this. Young non-binary people are not doing
3: this. Trans people are not doing this. This is an issue
2: that we have.
3: This is an issue. So it's young white men is what she says. Of course, this kid, his name was Sal Ramos or something like that. He was not a white man. A, I don't know if she knows that, but somebody should tell her. But also, she says that she, she, went out to say that LGBTQ people don't engage in this type of stuff. Luke, play this uh, Boontown Rat song right here. Uh, I don't like Mondays. Everybody knows uh, about, I think they know the origins of this song. I think I hear it in the background coming up here somewhere. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Tell me why I don't like Mondays.
13: There it is. But you know
3: why this song was uh, came about? No. This, was, this was a woman, her name was Brenda Spencer, and she shot up a school in 1979. And guess what? She was a lesbian. Oh, my God. She was a lesbian who shot up a school, and Jeez. when the police asked her why she did it, she said, I don't like Mondays. Uh, obviously a whack job, but nevertheless a lesbian. A lesbian
5: who didn't like Monday
1: shot up the school.
3: Exactly (laughs) right. So uh, AOC doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. (laughs) And uh, Greg Kelly, he listed a bunch of others. Cut two. this is what Greg Kelly, in his research, found out about the LGBTQ perpetrators of uh, mass shootings and killings. Take a listen to this.
14: Not to cast aspersions against anybody in general, but there have been transgenders like Christian Jeppers, who attacked a man recently on a New York subway with a hammer. We also have a transgender serial killer. Yes, serial killer. Uh, Killed at least three people, allegedly a third. Transgender woman has spent 50 years in prison, uh, recently paroled and reportedly or allegedly killed somebody else in 2019. A transgender man in Denver. A school shooting. One killed, eight injured. Donna Perry, transgender woman. Serial killer of three people. We can go on and on. Some really famous ones. Eileen Vornos. This was a big case back in the 90s. Serial killer of six people. Happened to be a lesbian. Uh, Ooh, this was a famous one in 1987. Lesbian couple. Serial killer of five people.
3: So there you have it. AOC once again displaying her ignorance and her stupidity. And she should just shut her mouth and... uh, be grateful to live in the greatest nation on earth. You know, the one of those States names of
5: he just mentioned, Eileen Warnos, uh, she, she was a lesbian, but she was a hooker. And uh, I believe she was the lady who inspired the movie uh, that won the Academy Award. I think the name of the movie was Monster, and it starred who's that big, tall, beautiful lady? Who, who is it? You, you can hop on here, please. Charlize Corey. Theron? Yes, Charlize Theron. That was the Eileen Warnos person that Greg Kelly mentioned there.
3: And, uh, well, yeah, so there you have it. Uh, Setting the, we're going to speak to Greg Kelly, by the way, at 8.40 on the Bernie and Sid show, if you keep it where it is. Now, uh, Ricky Gervais is back. He's got a, Netflix, believe it or not, a Netflix special. And you wouldn't believe, uh, well, the topic he chose to make fun of. Hilarious. Uh, play this clip of Ricky Gervais. I believe it is cut number 20, Lou. Go ahead.
6: Oh, uh, wait wait. No. Uh... Not all women. I, I mean the old-fashioned ones, you know? The old-fashioned women. Oh, God. You know, the ones with wombs. Oh. No, I love the, the new women. I know the new women. They're great, aren't they? You know, the new ones we've been seeing lately. The, the ones with beards and ****s. They're as good as... What about this person that isn't a lady? Well, his penis. Her penis, you ****ing bigot. What if he rapes me? What if she rapes <laughs> you? You f***ing ter-
3: So, in in defense, no doubt of Dave Chappelle, Ricky Gervais chose that topic, and it, it, I saw other clips, absolutely hilarious. One last thing, Ray Liotta passed away at 67. He didn't look great as uh, in, in that movie uh, about the, the Sopranos prequel. Called What was it called? The Angels of Newark? Uh, Many Saints of Newark. Many Saints of Newark. Uh, He didn't look well. He died in his sleep. We're going to find out exactly what he died from. But one of the greats, Ray Liotta, uh, I actually uh, had the fortune to spend some time with him courtside at a New York Knicks game and in a little room that they put us special celebrities in back in the 90s. And he was just a great, just a great. Here he is talking to Larry King as we... uh, Get to Rob Shooter, the entertainment guy. He'll like this. Take a listen to this, Rob Shooter. Ray Liotta with Larry King from the mid-'90s. Go ahead, play that little I've voice.
0: always regarded you as a major American actor. You never became a superstar, but your incredible presence as a character actor. And so I asked that once of another actor, and he said, the proudest thing you could call me is a character actor. Yeah, How do you
2: I feel? I would go for superstar. <laughs> It's just when I started, I did my first movie when I was 31 years old in 1986. At that time, I never wanted to be an actor. I graduated high school in 73. When I decided I wanted to do acting in college, it was the 70s type movies. You were at
0: the University of Miami, right? At
2: the University of Miami. But the movies of the 70s were great. And I aspired towards that, because that's what, what my learning was. And I always thought that you were supposed to do different parts. At that time, I didn't know, and maybe it was the representatives that I had. They let me flounder a little. I mean, even after Field of Dreams and Goodfellas, my third and fourth movie, I didn't just shoot out. So I thought it was about trying and not setting some sort of of, of the way it is now. It's much more of a product.
3: There you have it, Ray Liotta, rest in peace. And uh, sixty-seven years old, uh, native. He was born in Newark, and he grew up in Union, New Jersey. So he's a local guy. Ray Liotta, great loss. Uh, so sorry to hear uh, that he passed away. Now we're going to speak to Rob Shooter. He's an entertainment reporter. We're going to speak to Greg Kelly coming up on the Bernie and Sid Show.
1: On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
5: Uno. He's your numero uno. Good song, Barry Manilow. Before we get to the naughty gossip columnist, Rob Shooter, Corey Zelnick, a dear friend of both me and Bernard for a long time, real estate mogul here in New York City, been on the show many, many times, and we love him. Stops by to what uh, to <laughs> say hello and quickly. Uh, I know Bernie's here. I've been all over Steve Carr on Twitter the last couple of days. You're a big basketball fan. You've got courtside tickets for the Knicks. Golden <laughs> State has moved on to the West to the NBA Finals for the sixth time in eight years. Say which one about Steve Carr. He's becoming a legend. But I've been all over him because of the way he reacted a couple of nights ago. But you could add some context to the story because it turns out, for folks that don't know this,
15: Steve Carr is actually a victim and his family of a horrible shooting. What is that in, all about? In, ni- in 1984, his father was the president of the American University in Beirut, and he was assassinated. Mm-hmm. His father? Mm-hmm. His father so was assassinated. So when he
5: freaks out about gun yeah, violence. There's a little depth to it. I a think. little depth. I mean, did you know that story, Bernard?
3: I certainly did. I saw his moms talking about it. Probably the same thing Corey saw. I saw his moms talking about it. Doesn't phase me a bit. He's still an a-hole. Who's, just his mouth. <laughs> it's shut exactly his what mouth. I said to Corey. I said the same <laughs> yes, exact thing. We, agree. He's still, we, we agree. all agree he's
5: still a jerk, even though he did suffer from gun violence. One last thing quickly before Shooter. Uh, you're on the Jerry Seinfeld boat. Bethany's not. Bethany Frankel. She said the city is dead. Quickly, you've got some
15: statistics to prove to the listeners that New York City is, in fact, anything but dead. It is. I I don't like being on the Seinfeld boat because I don't like to seem like I'm a blowhard about it, but I just like to throw facts. I've got companies uh, at the retail level that have committed millions and millions of dollars. They have signed leases. They're going to be opening up stores all over town, names you've heard of, names you have not heard of. Every time they sign a lease, they're making a 10 or 15 or 20 million dollar commitment to the city because it's a 10 or 15 year commitment. It adds to the tax roll. It helps employment. So there's positivity all around. It's not visible. The crime, the violence, that's holding this whole thing back. Yesterday, my wife was walking up the street, East 81st Street, 2nd and 3rd Avenue with her son taking him to the doctor. A guy walked by opposite direction and just pushed her. No, no. Just pushed her over. Oh, you serious? Serious. Thank God she was not hurt badly oh. and she didn't know how to react oh, because my it was God. all fast. Yeah. But, I mean, it's terrible. And we, got, we have to have to take care of that. Oh my First. God. But wow. I'm telling you, there's a tremendous commitment to the long-term existence of this city. And by the way, you can't rent an apartment in Manhattan. I know that. <laughs> you no, cannot I that. rent an apartment yeah, tell in Manhattan. I'll you a funny
5: story. When I left my apartment to move to Queens, I actually went back to the building about a week ago because I'd forgotten something there. And I saw my doorman, Marcos, yeah. and I said, hey, is my apartment still open? He said, Sid... The next day, that's right. and that was Ooh. the most expensive apartment in the place. Wow. That's right. Next day. Next day. You can't. Hey, you, by the to time you, point,
3: Corey, people are cocked and ready for, for, the, come back, for the comeback when it comes. That's it. it, it look,
15: it's, it, it's a long run. It's a yeah. long game, yeah. and you have to understand that. I yeah. think you had me here in March, and you try to pin me down for when <laughs> it was going to be back, yeah. and I said to you, Labor Day, okay? I think I'm going to be a little bit off, but... Not so far. Yeah. Not so far. Tremendous yeah. commitment to the city. Well,
5: we have a tremendous commitment to you because we love you. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, continue to be the voice of New York. And, and Jessica, your wife is beautiful, and your daughter, Bailey, and Max, and the whole crew. Enjoy Memorial Day weekend. And it's great to see
15: you as always. Great. Thank you so much. And I yeah. love that you have me here on Fridays when Rob's here. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it very I know. That, that's becoming like a date. It's you like a Rob thing. A thing. Yeah, here he is. By the way, fact. if I, I, one last thing. I'm so yeah. sorry. I w- I got a, Someone threw me tickets to the Music Man this yeah. past weekend. He- and I went. It was a fabulous show. Fabulous show. I heard it was great. The most depressing thing, though. I wear a mask the whole freaking oh time. I, know, mm-hmm. I know I know mm-hmm. I know I know mm-hmm. I know I know it's, it's, I
5: have a mass story about yesterday in the on the uh, shuttle off of the ferry which nearly got me arrested <laughs> I'll get to that thank you uh, for that Corey Zelnick here he is the naughty gossip columnist Rob Shooter hello, hello, hello. how are you handsome
9: are you two guys I'm joined the handsome guy society this morning <laughs> it's a secret club you look very tanned my friend Where I, am? You?
5: I am I live on the beach so there it's easy are. now yeah I'm on the beach I'm about to be Every day, every Looking day. Good. Uh, thank you, and, and there's a chance I'll see you later at I Rosanna Scott's restaurant.
9: No drinks tonight. I haven't been out in a, in a while. I think Friday nights are a night to go out. If there's going to be a thunderstorm, but who I know, cares? I know. We'll, we'll see you there.
5: We're talking about Scotty. He'll be on Good Day in New York coming up at nine o'clock this morning, folks. So watch the great Rob Shooter on Channel Five. Now you're a big Bravo guy, like I am. You cover it. <laughs> Uh, I'm just an enthusiastic fan. I know you're aware of the show Below Deck, but you're not aware that I'm going to be the celebrity star on that show in August.
9: (laughs) You know, that is a huge show. So it started off a little bit of the underdog on Bravo. They didn't quite know what to do with the show. And suddenly it exploded. It now gets... More ratings than The Housewives. This wow. is the number one show on Bravo, and I think it's the combination of all the drama and the beautiful locations yes. and the boat, right. and we see sexy people in bikinis. I hope you're going to wear a speedo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe not. But, I don't know. Danielle,
5: yes. <laughs> Danielle's coming, but the people on the boat are very good-looking young good guys and looking. girls. It's yeah. good-looking and lots yeah. of
9: drama, and I think it reminds us of that lifestyle that we all wish we could sort of have. <laughs> it's total escapism. <laughs> when are you? When are you going? Uh,
5: August to the Mediterranean. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I I actually have a Zoom with the producer uh, on Tuesday, me, Danielle, and some other folks. Helen Hoey, Jen from Dolce Aesthetics, she's coming on the boat. So the Zoom is Tuesday, and we're going to make concrete the plans, and sometime in August, sail away to the Mediterranean. I love it. I would guess that
9: you're playing the rich couple who rent the boat.
5: Uh, no, we're playing the
9: not-witch-couple <laughs> who got the boat for free. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a celebrity. Hey, congratulations, you are a celebrity. Congratulations, <laughs> you. brother, Thank if you're you listening. Sign this one up, I'll watch,
3: I'll watch. So, speaking of watching, I can't wait to watch you, Robert, at 9 o'clock on Channel 5. <laughs> Thank to, you. To bro. see exactly how handsome you are, because Sid, Sid raves about you. I'm a really shockingly good-looking. I gotta, tell, shockingly you, good looking. I gotta shockingly. tell you. Hey, listen, you have some information about uh, Kim Kardashian apologizing to her family over Kanye's antics. What's going on?
9: Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? So after all these years of all this drama, Kim finally figured out that when you bring somebody into a relationship with you, you actually bring them into the entire family. And so we've all been talking about Kanye and he's wacky and he's rude and he's aggressive. And we've seen what that has done to Kim. Nobody ever actually stopped and thought, what did this do to, to the family? They love Kim. They love those children. And so finally Kim... Got to that point, and she said, I've figured out Mm. what this guy did, not just to me, but the entire family, is something that I have to apologize for. Nice. And finally, Kim said, you know, I'm sorry. It's amazing. You don't think like that. Like, when you meet somebody cute... And you bring them home, you forget the whole dynamic of that family could potentially change. Sure. And if you bring somebody home who's not a good guy, not a good girl, it's hard to tell you that. Everybody wants to support you. Do you go against the boyfriend or the girlfriend? If you do, you always lose. And so you just have to accept this fall into your family, sort of hoping that finally they will see the light. And finally that's happened with him.
5: Naughty gossip columnist Rob Shooter. One more story about the Kardashians. Courtney married that uh, tattoo riddle-looking horrible <laughs> Guy Travis, and uh, but she did still call Scott Disick on his birthday, and that's causing some issues, I guess, inside the family. Let's move back to the housewives. Yeah, you yeah, talked yeah. about that. Uh, big trouble in New Jersey. Uh, Dolores, for example, not invited to Teresa's birthday party over who likes which Manzo. (laughs) Turns out between Carolyn and Tommy and Dee, if you like one Manzo, you're good with Teresa. If you like the other Manzo, you're good with
9: Dolores. And what is going on there with Caroline Manzo? You nailed it. You nailed it. So Caroline Manzo has not been on that show now for several seasons, but the shadow of Caroline is so dramatic that we're still talking about her. In fact, Teresa, if you're listening, hello, hello, hello. But, Teresa, if you're we <laughs> listen, the best thing to do is, we just,
5: listen, it, about uh, is
9: just stop dealing with this. She's left. She's not on the show. She's not in your life. And so holding grudges about somebody that you don't have to deal with anymore just makes them win. So Caroline Manzo, who I've known since day one of that show, I, I made a fatal mistake. When those shows start, <laughs> I know they could gossip, and it fills my column full of deliciousness, and they're low-hanging fruit. It's hard for me to get to Julia Roberts. I sort of maybe can, but it's a little bit harder. <laughs> But I can get to a right rather quickly. And so when the show started, I looked around and I was like, which one of you is going to be my future in the world of celebrity gossip on the reality show? And I thought, Caroline. Oh. And so I went with Caroline and Teresa. Caroline and I, instead of I, Teresa. I, I, I sort of dumped <laughs> Teresa. I did a pilot with Teresa and I was a bit rude to her. And now it's so biting me in the bottom and I deserve <laughs> it because I didn't treat Teresa. I thought she was like, "Ah, she'll be on TV for three weeks. like oh, that one. Boy. She's the star. She's she's is yeah is the star. Tracer, if you're listening, I'm sorry. sorry. Rob Shooter, the
3: uh, naughty entertainment reporter, the gossip reporter on the Bernie and Sid show. Rob, by the way, on this Memorial Day weekend, let me thank you for your service in the Royal Navy SEALs. You are a true hero. Hey, listen, the, the Queen of Nice, there was another Queen of Nice. Uh, this one was is Ellen DeGeneres. The other was uh, Rosie O'Donnell Mm. until we found out she was the queen of mean. She was very nasty. And then the same thing happened to Ellen DeGeneres. She signed off. I understand she was crying for the last few weeks on her show. Yeah, she's, she's, What's uh, up with that?
9: She's, she's finished on the show. So yesterday was her last show. She was crying yesterday, breaking down. What people don't know, she actually taped that show in April. So Ellen's now sitting on the couch watching like the rest of us. She wasn't working yesterday. They taped it in uh-huh. April. Her very first guest ever on that show was her friend Jennifer Aniston. And so the very last guest was Jennifer. I think Ellen's trying to sort of rebuild that reputation and rebuild build that brand. There are some good things she's done. Over 300 million dollars to charity. She said that when she started the show 20 years ago, she couldn't mention her wife, she couldn't mention gay marriage. It just didn't exist. And so the world has really changed partly because of Ellen, maybe around her sure. as well. And so she said and I think this is interesting too is that the last week of the show, which again she taped a few months ago, well, she wanted to like really enjoy it. And I think in life, you know, we all run around I have an amazing life, and some days I can be a little grumpy, and like today, it's sort of a bit overcast, I have a bit of a sinus headache, and I just yeah. slapped myself and said, shut up, you don't have to do this, you get to do it, Right. and there's so many people that don't get to do this, and so I hope Ellen's in that place, that's what she's saying. Well, especially but Moral
5: Day weekend coming up, and, and those people, men and women, who put their lives on the line, here we're talking about nonsense, to be honest with you, Then it's right. great, it's right. fantastic, but... Uh, we are not the real true heroes. Right. Uh, now, listen. I know we've got stories about Ray Liotta and other things, but I know you're going to Channel Five today. You have to. So Rosanna Scotto loves me. She's <laughs> dying to put me on her show to promote my book and all the movies I'm in. She loves me, but there's a bunch of producers at woke Channel Five that are not big Sid Rosenberg bands and she's getting pushback. So you promised you would go see Lamar and all these people and make sure I get an appearance to promote my book. I'm gonna do my on Good very Day in New York. Best. No no you, you have to it. get it done. Oh, really? yes.
9: I never not pull it off. I'm gonna pull this off they're a great bunch over there. In their defense, there's a lot of people on that show. There's a lot of moving parts to it, and I think the way we get you on that show, Sid, yeah. is to say how much you like them. We love them, and there you go. But they so, hate me. No but I more, love them. Period at the end of a sentence. Okay. <laughs> That's going to be your your, your your best friend. I used to work for Diddy and J Lo and all these celebrities, and when I media trained them, I used to always tell them, "Shut up." Just (laughs) shut up. You you say a sentence and your best friend is a period at the end. Shut up. I love you, Rosanna Scotto. Say, Sid. I love you, everybody on the show. Say, Sid. You will be
5: on. That's it. Okay, let's get to the blind item, another spectacular appearance, and we love this part of the show. This is where Rob gives out some really tawdry information about celebrities, and we try to figure out exactly who he's talking about, but he won't tell us because he's afraid it's going to be sued.
9: (laughs) (laughs) Basically, yes. Which celebrity couple who recently got back together after breaking up a, a long time ago are never going to get married? They're not going to They just got back together. They got back together. They broke up years ago. They are two big stars. We talk about them every day. I got it. They are not getting married. It's got to be J-Lo and Ben Affleck. I can't confirm. Uh, Bernie, you got a guess? That's my guess. Uh,
3: Olivia Wilde and uh, the other guy. Oh, Oh, and it's just still separate. Oh, all right. The Saturday Night Live guy? Here.
9: Yeah. Oh, oh. oh,
5: that's right. What is it, Joe? No, no, no. no he's oh, with Scarlett Johansson. Oh,
9: they're married, yeah. They're married, Could, could, yes. it, be, could it be Pete and Kim? Who's he going to oh. be?
3: Some people said
9: it could be Rob and Sid, but
5: oh, I deny but wait that. Wait a second. It can't a... be Pete and Kim because this couple got back together. They first yes, got together. That's right. It's got to so. be J-Lo and Ben Affleck. You
9: are a detective, my friend, and I could not say another <laughs> word.
5: <laughs> you're brilliant. <laughs> We're all going to watch you on Channel 5. This is such a great segment. You are very handsome. Handsome. You're, f- you're great. You're hey, great.
9: Bernie, I can't wait for you to see this face i hope you're sitting down i am uh, gonna take pictures <laughs> on my phone believe it or not i'm gonna actually videotape it dvr oh, look what at- i found on the desk it's- i found um, sid's credit card <laughs> Uh, I, uh, no I I held it up? Take oh, it with you. I just pulled, I'm sorry, that was on camera. Oh, the number. Uh, I know, that's your number. Oh, I just yeah, hel- Try to hold up to the camera
4: while we're <laughs> on TV.
5: Thanks, Rob. <laughs> oh, you are hilarious. I think that's a great segment. Both Corey Zelnick and Rob Shooter, thank you for stopping by. You're both beautiful, beautiful men. Lots more to do. Only halfway through, including Greg Kelly, this Memorial Day Friday holiday edition of the number one-weighted news talk show in New York City, Bernie and Sid.
4: Well,
5: I hate these mother effers at CNN. I hate them. Right now, some lady is interviewing 10-year-old Jaden Perez, who survived the shooting, and his quote is, I don't ever want to go back to school. They killed all my friends. Now, the audio is not on because me and Bernie are on, so all I can see is the video, but I, and I know I've been saying this for days, and maybe you're bored of hearing it, but I can't stand it anymore. I don't want to see the dead kids' pictures. I don't want to see kids being interviewed, 10-year-old kids. What was it like? What do you think it was like, you moron? You watch his kids, his friends get executed, little kids begging for their lives as this guy screamed, it's time to die. What do you think it was like? Do you ever want to go back to school? Sure, I can't wait. I mean, what could you you possibly do with a – he's a baby, he's 10 years old with this interview. And and, and the fact that they're airing this and and, and they believe that this is going to make people more compassionate – You need to see the pictures of dead kids. You need to see a kid being interviewed to be more compassionate. You just hear the story and your heart wrenches. I can't believe they're interviewing little kids on television. It makes me nauseous. It really does, Bernie. I'm sick of it. But Bernie, is he even there? So I guess he's not sick of it. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, that is my, uh, my take on this. Adrian Brodus. CNN correspondent, 10-year-old survivor, I don't ever want to go back to school. Well, of course not. Now, we did uh, find out some more details that uh, don't do any favors to the local cops who I go out of my way to try and protect, and as Bernie does, especially yesterday with Lydia when Lydia brought up the fact that the cops stood around and did nothing. And and, um, I took offense to that because, you know, this whole country, it seems like, is so quick to bash our police officers that uh, even when they are maybe at fault, I tried to stay away from it. But it does seem like, at least in this case, there was no way to stay away from it. They were on the scene for 45 minutes or so. They did nothing, whether they were just terrified for their own lives. Maybe they thought more kids would die. I don't know, but the facts are the facts. And parents were actually rushing into the school unarmed first before these police officers. So this is uh, the one show that will bend over backwards. Bend over backwards. Easy, he Bernie, don't say
3: that after Rob Shooter. Was a
5: very time. good point. You're right. Funny to uh, defend the cops. But it does look like, at least in this case, we may not have a great defense.
3: Not a good look, Sidney. Not a good look. But uh, we reserve judgment, as we a- always do, until all the facts come in. But not a good look at this point. Even Bernie Kerik sounded a somber note saying that, wow. I can't wait to hear what, what, what transpired but uh it doesn't look good at this point so uh yeah uh, the, you mentioned one of the parents uh, she was actually cuffed she was cuffed and they released her and then she jumped the fence and ran into the school and rescued her two kids while the cops were standing around with guns outside that I believe is an established fact uh so uh anyway we'll see what happens uh, you know these it wasn't until the uh, uh, the border patrol agent showed up that elite unit they said, hey, what are you doing? And they rushed right in, immediately in, and shot the killer. And one of the guys, the guy who shot the killer, his cap, I don't know if you saw this uh, all over TV yesterday, his cap was, uh, he was his his skull was grazed by one of the killer's bullets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's still heroes, still uh, uh, police heroes down there, yeah. but just uh, not all of them.
5: Right. Well, it also turns out this is just breaking. I guess this comes from the Texas politician Gonzalez That the gunman was arrested, arrested four years ago when he originally plotted to shoot up a school in 2022, Uh, excuse me, four years, this is what it reads, Fox News Alert, gunman arrested four years ago when he first talked about shooting up a school, this comes from the Texas politician, Gonzalez, you have anything on this,
3: Bernard? Well, I see the same graphic on Fox. It's plotted to shoot up school in 2022. That's not four years ago. That's right now. Right. So that graphic does not make sense. The only thing I do know is that, uh, yes, uh, this guy Gonzalez is making an allegation that he was arrested four years ago. But why it would fall onto a, an elected uh, a congressman to uh, provide this information is really a, a, a head scratcher. I mean, that should should have come from the police. So again, may, many more unanswered questions than answered uh, out there. And if they I, I, indeed they this kid was on the radar, threatening threatening to show up at school, another uh, you know a, a ball dropped, if you will, by the authorities, by yeah. the FBI, by yeah. social media, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I don't know. No, no, you're right. It's, it,
5: it, it will be uh, the repercussions being felt in a bunch of places, and very similar again to uh, Parkland, not the actual crime. the the, uh, the crime that was much more similar was what Adam Lanza did in Sandy Hook, but this kid Cruz was another guy who was on folks' radar, and uh, they knew about him, and then they lied about the whole police deal, and uh, Steve Israel lied, the sheriff, and that one cop standing outside lied, and people got fired, and it just seemed like everything we found out initially about the Parkland shooting turned out to be untrue. And that is very similar here. There was no police shootout when the kid arrived. The kid walked in basically unobstructed, walked right into the school, into an unlocked door, and did what he wanted to do, did not come under any uh, bullet, uh, any fire. And um, so all these initial reports that the kid had to go through a, a shooting just to get inside the school, were finding out today, just not true.
3: Not true. And the other similarity, of course, would be to Columbine where they did wait for uh, like a sWAT team to show up right, and th- those protocols changed uh, to no immediately run into uh, confront the shooter, no matter what you don 't wait for anybody there are kids' lives in, in danger as 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 you 're standing there, so go in there right now, and they didn 't follow that protocol yesterday inexplicably right. o- a- apparently anyway, so again we 're going to reserve judgment but uh I don't know. It's uh, it's it's just a, it's a bad, bad look on top of the already hor- horrific uh, nature of you know, 19 kids dead. I mean, uh, come on, it's just it's just too much, too much bad news. That that's yeah. the worst part of the thing. Not, I guess not how the cops reacted, but if, maybe maybe they could have prevented some some of these kids' deaths. Yeah, that's the, obvious. Obviously, the underlying yeah. theme. So, I mean, uh, the, the
5: one thing when the guy made entry to the building, it's not like. The guy made entry, and 20 minutes later, because the cops didn't rush the building, he killed more kids. What I've read everywhere is when he initially walked into that classroom, that's when he did all the carnage. He walked into the classroom, he said, it's time to die, he wasn't in that classroom five minutes, and he shot everybody. As far as I know, the other 40 minutes, he barricaded himself inside that classroom, and he was not shooting. So I don't know if the cops, and I'm not, I'm not defending them here, and I'm not giving them an excuse, but I don't know if their slow reaction caused any more deaths because I think he did the majority of the shooting as soon as he entered the classroom. So they would have had to kill him before he got inside the school, if that makes sense.
3: Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, we're we're going to find out more today. That's all, you know, We can speculate and uh, in, in, opine until the cows come home, but uh, until we get some answers... A definitive answer is we won't really know. And yep. then be both videotapes, uh, uh, you know, cell phone videos coming out yep. to uh, <laughs> document whatever did transpire.
5: Now, I do want you to uh, go over something that uh, you touched on and I kind of jumped in, but uh, certainly we're both aware of it, as is, I hope, a lot of America. You know, of course, uh, the, the, the day after the shooting, while we were all grieving over these little kids, it was also the two-year anniversary of the death of, um, well, uh, George Floyd. Great, okay, again, the, the risk of repetition. Sorry the guy died, but, I mean, what a low-life scumbag. Nine arrests. Candace, someone's put this out there first. Nine arrests, put a gun in a pregnant woman's stomach. Hardly the type of person that should be honored. He died tragically, but, but okay, a lot of people died tragically. Those little kids died uh, tragically, too. And there'll be no statues of those little kids, maybe outside that high school, that uh, elementary school. That's it. So it's nauseating this George Floyd stuff already. I'm sick of hearing about him. And people are calling me a racist on Twitter because I took Biden and Obama to task. But Bernie, if you would, just repeat what you talked about earlier, specifically the tweet on the day that Joe Biden announced to the country. Hey, folks, don't forget, this is also the two-year anniversary of the George Floyd death.
3: You know, I'm pulling up that tweet as... Here it is. Uh, Forgive me, folks. I'm pulling that tweet up right now. And over here, Barack Obama, the day after the, the massacre... Uh, it was actually the uh, anniversary, uh, two year anniversary of the George Floyd killing. And uh, we talked about it. Uh, uh, Joe Biden uh, uh, disgracefully took that uh, opportunity of that anniversary. And by the way, uh, he could have waited, could have waited to sign this, what, what he's calling the police accountability bill. He could have waited till next week. I mean, he obviously should have waited, but he didn't want to let this uh, anniversary go by or somebody told him hey, Joe, you can't allow this anniversary to go by without doing something, without making the police look bad, our first responders look bad once again. And he did. He signed this uh, police reform bill, and he's, he, he waxed nostalgic about the uh, 2020 summer of hate, the riots, how they united people. He talked about it, as I said yesterday. Looking back on it fondly, like uh, one looks back on Woodstock. This is, the, this is our, our, our imbecile in chief down there. Anyway, it turns out that uh, Barack Obama – put out a tweet, and, uh, you know, actually this tweet came two days ago, two days ago, so this would have been two days after the massacre, Uh, but uh, this is what Barack Obama tweeted. As we grieve the children of Uvalde today, we should take time to recognize that two years have passed since the murder of George Floyd under the knee of a police officer. His killing stays with us all to this day, especially those who loved George Floyd. This is what he wrote. Uh, so so he thinks it's some sort of competition. Because yep. hey, forget about these uh, 19 dead kids. Right. Uh, you, uh, we got to remember George Floyd here. Right? You know, uh, you, uh, keep, keep your priorities in order, there, people. Please. And
5: somebody on Twitter said to me, uh, "Sid, you're clearly a racist." I said, "Why? Why am I a racist?" I said, "Let me ask you a question. What if Barack Obama had sent out one tweet about the children of Uvalde?" and said, this is the worst tragedy we can ever bear, losing our children. This is as bad as it gets. God bless them. And then, and then, oh, I don't know, waited three hours later, five hours later, same day, on the anniversary, I get it was the anniversary, and then tweeted something else about George Floyd. What if he did that? Why would you include George Floyd, who, again, by all accounts and his record, was a bad guy, why would you include him in the same tweet as kids? How does that make me a racist? I'm not saying don't, don't mention it, but don't put that scumbag's name, dead or not, in the same tweet as a bunch of dead kids. It's not like you had just
3: one tweet to give. Right. Uh, make uh, two tweets. The, the massacre deserved a tweet,
5: it's all own tweet. alone. Its
13: own tweet. Right. All alone. Right. right, exactly.
3: Don't include him.
5: That, and by the way, Hillary Clinton, who I actually tweeted back, not Hillary, the, uh, the dopey kid, uh, Chelsea. Who actually tweeted back. She tweets a picture of George Floyd and says, our hearts are still ripped out. Here's the face of a man. Who knows what could have been? And I tweeted her back. I swear to God, Bernie, you can go check it on my Twitter. I said, Rosenberg, you're right. Who knows what could have been? Nine arrests and putting a gun in a pregnant woman's stomach. My God, certainly the sky was the limit. What do you mean what could have been? He was a guy in his, what, his 50s? And his whole life he was a career criminal, a junkie, a lowlife, and a piece day, of
3: garbage. Don't forget that day he was all drugged up. Yes. And he was passing counterfeit bills. That's, what he was, that's why the police were called in the first place.
5: Yeah, what could so, have been. Like, like they ripped his life before, like these little kids. What could have been with these kids? You could ask that question. They were 10 years old. This guy, what, he lived his life. He was a loser.
3: And and, uh, and of course exactly right. So how does that make anybody racist to point these things out uh, for you to beatify and deify a low life this like this guy? Yeah, uh, the, what the cop did was uh, was was terrible, illegal, terrible, terrible, awful, right? And he faced the death penalty on day one. Good, good. What more do you want? That doesn't mean that you have to again elevate George Floyd to Martin Luther King status. It certainly. Not worthy. It's not not warranted. Is what no, no. It's, so, and it doesn't make anybody a racist. So, so, so I thought they were calling you a racist because you attacked Obama. Now no, you... I
5: did. No, that was the initial because— But
3: if you ch- attack Chelsea Clinton, too, how, how does that—I mean, it doesn't reconcile. Well, doesn't... no,
5: they're, 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 they're because they're basically saying you don't care about George Floyd, whether it was my answer to Barack Obama or Chelsea Clinton, because I'm a racist. You know, because if you look at my timeline, I take shots at a few people— and uh, their contention is, well, you're clearly a racist. I'm not a racist. I'm not saying Barack Obama shouldn't tweet about George Floyd, even though I can't stand to hear his name anymore. Go for it. Do it. Just don't do it on the same tweet as these little kids. Listen, it's not comparable.
3: The, the, the throwing around the uh, racist again, it's the last refuge of a scumbag with no argument. Let's, let's face it. That's what they do to shut you up, to try to get you to stop talking because they can't Good luck. Uh, argue the merits of what, what you're saying. They can't. And that's all it is. So this, just disregard the racist thing. It's so trite at this point, nobody even pays attention to it anymore. It, it has no value calling somebody a racist. It's just, a, a, a like I say, a weak uh, attempt to deflect from the, the, the topic at hand. Agreed. Which they know they can't defend. Agreed. I mean, I
5: don't know what, um, what's more nauseating. Barack Obama, a black man, former president of the United States, putting George Floyd in the same tweet as, um, as these little kids or the white people out there, of which I know many in the celebrity world, that pander and bend over backwards, here it is again, like Rob Shooter, that apologize, that they know better. They know what George Floyd was. They know. They don't care or or they're so worried that somebody inside their quote-unquote community will ostracize them that they sell their souls for this but when you start to do stuff like that like that George Floyd up against these little kids murdered in their classroom you really start to show your true colors and it's ugly
3: a certain sickness is what it is it's 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 despicable it's loathsome and this this is from a Barack Obama who you know years ago and we've played the clips. It made sense. He talked about the black family, dads, the importance of dads in the black family, the importance of learning. Learning is, doesn't mean you're selling out to the white man. And, and then, I don't know, maybe he's he's just like uh, Joe Biden and the rest of these he's white. Of course he is. Uh, or panderers, uh, pandering is. to the woke no, Of course he is. He's afraid. He, he's the guy that probably told
5: Biden to do all that stuff. Let's not forget, okay, When I was happy he won, and I got very emotional, I'll be honest when he walked down with his wife and his two beautiful daughters and walked to the White House. And I was like, I got to tell you, this is pretty cool. And I was really rooting for Barack Obama. But if you go back to Ferguson, Missouri, the way he did that. And, and listen, folks, BLM, BLM and all these groups started uh, under his leadership. So the idea that the black man was going to come in and cut racial divide and make it better, was the exact opposite of what happened he actually made it worse he was the ultimate divide of barack obama and now that he's out of office his tour colors are even shining more through the guy is not a good guy he's not
3: no uh, of course uh, white america elected him and then he started to prejudge these sort of these these race-based uh, incidents around the country trayvon martin and uh, the, the uh, member of the beer summit with the Cambridge of professor, course, of course oh, uh, Gates is, was his name. He started to, to prejudge all of them before, obviously, before the facts were, were, came in. Because well, that's he,
5: what, he also he also uh, showed sympathy towards Michael Brown, that thug, that criminal who tried to grab that cop's exactly. gun. No one talks about Darren Wilson anymore. He was the cop in St. Louis, by the way, who had to run away because his whole life changed because he was, oh, doing his job.
3: Yeah. The hands up. Don't shoot hoax. And Barack Obama helped perpetrate that hoax, perpetuate it. Him and his uh, attorney general, uh, what's his name? Holder. Yes. Uh, those two guys were, Holder. They were, they, they were just just awful. And by the way, Barack Obama is from Chicago. You know how many uh, black kids are getting killed in Chicago? Oh, thousands. And, 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 and where's Barack Obama? Please. He's from Chicago. Please. Why don't you say something or do something? Go to Chicago. You know, go back there and, and try to help out, try to do do or say something. I mean, he fled Chicago in a, uh, in a New York minute, if I may mix uh, cities. <laughs> he just ran away from Chicago. and He's out there in Martha's Vineyard with the rich white people, out there in, in uh, Hawaii with the rich white people. He doesn't want to know anything about it. Just throws out an occasional tweet to, uh, to Panda to the wokeards, and he thinks he's good to go. I'm sorry, you're not good to go. You're a creep, and uh, you abandon your people.
5: All right, Lydia Reports is coming up next. Then Greg Kelly, 8 o'clock hour here on Bernie and Sid on a Friday.
1: Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
14: Hey, where's my little music?
5: Well, sick of fighting with Lydia about the cops. By the way, you think it's easy being a cop, and ain't. Uh, again, it may turn out these guys out there and you've all been just for cowardly and scared. may turn out that way, which is unfortunate. And you don't expect that from cops, but it ain't an easy job. And maybe now people will start to realize just how amazing our brave men and women are when they ran inside those buildings. They ran upstairs as the buildings were coming down. Maybe now they'll start to realize when they see the reaction in Evaldi, which uh, these people are just human. They may have failed. They may have failed, but I hate bashing cops. Our next guest... Probably feels the same way. His father, one of the great police commissioners in the history, in the history of this city and state, Ray Kelly. Greg, of course, is a star on Newsmax TV. Got a great show, 7 o'clock every night. He's a major star here at this radio station, 1 to 3 every weekday afternoon. And most importantly, he did serve our country. Memorial Day coming up on Monday, 1991 to 2000. AV 88, he was a pilot assigned to the Marine Attack Squadron. So he's a a tremendous talent and a real hero as well. We're thrilled to have him on this pre memorial Day Friday, Greg Kelly. Greg, Sid and Bernie, welcome back.
14: Hey, thank you so much. Beautiful words. Well, Please continue.
5: <laughs> now, uh-huh. uh, you know, listen, we, we've been going back uh, back and forth, me and Bernie, with Lydia, before we get to your great service on Memorial Day, about the reaction and the response. And it almost feels like the last couple of days, like the cops went in and shot these little kids. and and And, and listen, maybe they did a really poor job. Maybe they did, but... I don't know, Greg. I, I, I just can't find... And Bernie's the same exact way. To keep piling on uh, just doesn't seem right.
14: Well, um, I actually am very, very concerned about the police reaction. and We have to ask tough questions. We have to push it. We can't let these guys hide behind emotion. And, uh, you know, we support cops, obviously, yeah. in, in, in total. But we all know the cops... Like anybody, any other profession in the world can screw up yep. from pilots to radio hosts, to janitors. Anyone can make a mistake and systems can sometimes screw up. So, look, after Columbine, we were supposed everybody learned the lesson after Columbine in law enforcement. You don't wait for the SWAT team to show up. That's what they did. And it's one of the reasons why in the after action reports they realized they figured out so many people died. Cops who initially arrived were reluctant to go inside until the heavy weapons arrived, and that was the big takeaway. You can't wait till the SWAT team gets there. Yeah. Um, now they entered the school, but then they quickly withdrew. And I don't understand why they didn't go to the window. You know, every classroom in America has a window. That that officer yesterday was deliberately trying to confuse the issue. He was hiding things, hiding behind emotion. And hoping that we're all going to lose interest and move on. Now, here's why it's important. We can't let this happen again. I've been seeing it happen more and more. It happened at the Pulse nightclub to some degree. It happened at Parkland. And too often I see this, uh, even in the media, for whatever reason, it's different this time. Maybe because we have all those parents. We don't want to seem like we're not supporting the cops. Well, this is the way you support the cops, I think. You got to ask, and by the way, this is not a this is a phenomenon we're seeing outside of New York. Mm-hmm. Your cops are they're 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 more they're less reluctant to engage. Mm. Something bad happened here, and we got to keep asking the questions and not let this thing blow over because the next time, I mean, if they can make the, the same mistake they made at Columbine, yeah, I mean, come on, that's fair. You saw my show last night; we showed you know testimony after testimony, a law enforcement professional saying. Yeah everything changed after columbine well it seems like everybody forgot last thing all these black lives matter protests and everything like that i think we've made it very difficult for cops to focus on excellence they've got to focus on just surviving you know they're trying to cancel cops and now they, they they they've been taken away from from training you know right away black lives matter in 2020 they said we got to get the cops out of the schools it's one of the first things they talked about so no, there are lots of uh, things to tackle here. It's not pleasant, but it's necessary.
3: Greg Kelly, our colleague here on 77 WABC, Marine Corps pilot, a veteran of the Marine Corps, flew a plane, uh, landed on aircraft carriers. We'll talk about that in a minute, Greg. But just to back to this uh, police officer, uh, police appoint, you had uh, Joe Biden in the White House the other day, uh, two days after a, a massacre, signing uh, the Police Accountability Act, all because – it was the 2 year anniversary of george floyd it was an inappropriate day to do that and yet he did that and he he waxed uh, nostalgic about the 2020 summer of hate and uh, like it was woodstock talking about how we united and all that stuff and he trashed the cops and then you had barack obama actually put out a tweet the same day talking about well let's uh, not not uh, in the wake of this uh, massacre let's not forget george floyd was killed 2 years ago so the attack the attacks on the police continue at the very top, they continue. I thought we were past that, but we're not. I thought it was disgraceful on Joe Biden's part. What do you think?
14: I agree. I agree. Everything about his conduct has been reprehensible for the most part. Um, you know, that legislation or the executive orders he signed, I've been talking about it with some uh, professionals I know, and it's all a joke. I mean, those things mean nothing. Uh, it's it's all, you know, career politician, look at me, I'm doing something, but they're doing absolutely nothing. It's, it's all cosmetic. And by the way, it only applied to 15 percent of law enforcement, federal law enforcement, which right. is about 15 percent of law enforcement. So and then to have that uh, that little girl there, um, uh, the daughter of uh, George Floyd, you know, look, sorry, but the country lost its mind over George Floyd. The country overreacted to George Floyd. Okay. Um, and back then, like perhaps in a different way today, people were afraid to point out, you know, well, wait a second, let's. Let's take a look at this, what what really happened? You know, why is that cop so nonchalant? Why is he looking like that? And I was horrified, but then I found out some things. I found out that the old Minneapolis patrol manual, it was an active then, it's not active anymore, actually authorized that maneuver. Then we found out that George Floyd had enough fentanyl in him to, to kill him. Then we found out that the cops actually let him out of the police car because he was having a panic attack and they thought he was gonna die in the back of the police car. Then we see the initial autopsy report found no evidence of asphyxia, so yeah you know, the mob. We're becoming a mob rule country, and I'm, I'm not going along with any mob, I'll tell you. No,
5: either are we, and uh, again, on top of it, the, the guy, and I'll use this word, you don't have to, Greg Kelly, you're a much classier guy than me, he was a scumbag, a low life guy was arrested nine times, put a gun in a pregnant woman's stomach, so while his death was sad, I'm not going to use tragic like the kids in Uvalde, while his death was sad, and we're happy the cop is paying the price, he's the last guy that should be honored anywhere in this country for the life that he lived. Now... I'll tell you, uh, listening uh, and watching this Ovaldi thing, and I'm going to be able to tie, because I'm a genius here, Greg, I'm going to tie your military service and the military to the shooting. <laughs> uh, we're talking about these cops maybe being cowardly and afraid. i go back to the movie Saving Private Ryan. There's one scene where the German guy runs up the stairs. And he gets in a battle. It was the most I thought the most gruesome scene of the movie actually when he gets in a fight with a Jewish guy on the floor and he slowly, slowly stabs the guy in the heart. You may even remember he touches the knife and it goes oh, yeah. down. And then the guy who just got killed, his his partner is standing right there by the top of the stairs, has an opportunity to kill the German guy and doesn't do it. He just froze, just like the cops did in Uvalde. Had the opportunity, could have killed the German guy before he killed the Jew. He just froze. So my question to you is very simple. Ten years in the most difficult job in the world, a military guy, heroism at its very best. You ever get nervous
14: like the cops may have done a couple of days ago? Oh, my gosh. You to be working around that that radio station like a lunatic all the time. I'm a mess. Yeah, just because I do. Oh, man. You, uh, yeah, no. Uh, and I was nervous at times in the military. I mean, just uh, – you know, but it's interesting you mentioned that movie because there are people out there and you don't know it. Even if you're in the military, you just don't know how you're going to react until real bullets are flying. Right. And it's almost a biological thing. It's almost, you know, you just don't know how you're wired. And it, look, I have been around when bullets are flying. And quite frankly, I was kind of impressed and, and relieved that I reacted and behaved appropriately. I'm not going to say brave, I mean that's, that sounds obnoxious, but I mean, I did my job and I did what I was supposed to do. Uh, this was by the way, primarily as a journalist in Iraq when I was embedded but um, yeah i look i'm not I'm not ready to call these guys cowards. I think they may have had a flawed system um, you know and you know, somebody on the radio actually called in um, I think her name was Mary Ann from Connecticut. Said all the procedures in the world and protocol are great, but you can't let those get in the way of your instincts. And I think these guys let the procedures and the protocols possibly get in the way of their of their of their instincts. They knew better; they should have known better. So who yeah, knows?
3: No doubt about it. Greg Kelly heard every day on seventy-seven WABC from one to three p.m. Monday through Friday, Greg. But I guess the question is: I, I think Sid was sort of alluding to this. Did you get? Did you get more comfortable as time went on when you were landing these planes on this tiny, tiny little aircraft carrier in the middle of the ocean? Did you get a knot in your stomach beforehand, or did that the, that subside after time?
14: Yeah. No. Well. Yeah. I mean, during the daytime, especially, I got pretty good at it and I got comfortable uh, doing it. But you know, the very first time you land on an aircraft carrier, you do it by yourself. There's nobody sitting in the back seat. And that was a real moment. I'm like, you know, can I do this? Uh, What's going on? And the ship really did seem literally too small. I mean, it was like it was just too small. How do I fly off this thing? It's not big enough. You're treating it like a runway, but it's just (laughs) not big enough to be a runway. I remember that feeling very vividly. Like, when is it going to be big enough for me to treat it like a runway? And it, it never really got that big. So, uh, but I, I I got to do it. I passed, and I I did it a couple of hundred times, hundred and wow. something times, and I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. It's a lot of fun, but yeah, at night it was very difficult and bad weather, and um, you know. <clears throat> It's like anything else. You get, a, you get an obnoxious guest. Uh, you get somebody who goes rogue. You know, it just, you, you know you gotta, sometimes it's easy. Sometimes you've got to kick a little ass.
5: Right. Yeah. And, and not to, not to uh, minimize what you, what, you went, what you did. I mean, it's just an amazing feat. And, and again, just the, the height of courage. But a movie like Top Gun, for example, the second one just came out last week. or It's coming out this week, I forget, with uh, Tom Cruise. I'm not even sure you saw the first one. But if you did, well it be realistic or not really?
14: Well, I did see the first one. I saw it with my father in Westbury, uh, the Westbury movie theater, which still exists as an event space. And I, I, to be honest, I wasn't that crazy about the movie. It was very, uh, you know, heavy on music. And I thought it was, uh, you know, like a long music video. My father <laughs> liked it more than I did. I didn't dislike it. I flew the plane that was in it, the uh, A-4 Skyhawk, the one that uh, Tom Scarrett was flying, the Aggressors. I yes. flew that plane in flight school. Um, um, I am going to see the new one. The last one was not particularly realistic. All kinds of problems. You know, they're saying, remember how uh, Tom Cruise gets like uh, in trouble because he goes down below the hard deck? Yes. Right? Yeah. Well, the entire movie was shot below the hard deck. I mean, <laughs> the, the entire, like, they're all flying like right by the ground, so they could. You know, so it, that that made no sense. I mean, a lot of things made no sense. But I I appreciate that, quite frankly, Tom Cruise did this movie. Uh, from what I can tell, and I've been looking at some clips. They used real airplanes. You know, they didn't use animation. They didn't use CGI. Wow. You know, seeing a movie is like a cartoon these days. Even if it's not a cartoon, it looks like a cartoon. It looks like somebody did it on their on their Apple. So they used real planes. I'm excited to see it. I'm probably going to see it tomorrow morning.
3: Greg Kelly again on the Bernie and Sid Show. Greg, uh, Sid mentioned that your dad, oh, the longest serving police commissioner in in history, in the history of New York City. But he was a great police commissioner on top of everything else. Saved a lot of lives. And, of course, uh, the city is ex- experiencing a crime surge. We just elected a new mayor here in New York. Do you see things getting better uh, anytime soon? What, 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 is, what are your views on what's happening right now?
14: Well, totally predictable. Um, I knew I had grave concerns about uh, Eric Adams. I've known of Eric Adams for decades. Um, this guy's always been a phony. He has absolutely no ability. He has minimal intelligence. Um, Agreed. He's an egomaniac. He's not a hard worker. Uh, and this, the tone is set from the top. Law enforcement's already under siege, uh, delegitimized, almost canceled under De Blasio and Black Lives Matter summer and all that stuff was glorified. Um, <laughs> It, 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 it's like, you know, I, people say, well, we want him to succeed, but he does not have the basic tools to succeed. He doesn't know anything. He was never really a cop. That's what you got to get – people have to understand. And, by the way, we've got – he was a captain. He was a bad captain, and he got out under a big cloud, uh, and he was running around with Al, Sh- Al Sharpton, literally, yep. for, yep. Uh, for his, his career. So, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a bit of a racist, quite frankly. He's a shakedown artist. So he knows nothing, and there he is. So I don't know. You know, Curtis, and gosh, it's heartbreaking that Curtis is, it's great that he's with us, but I wish he were in City Hall. Um, you, you know, know. Curtis has uh, mentioned a couple of times that this guy's going to probably be handcuffed. And that's my sense as well, to be honest. Uh, he's got big problems with his chief of staff, this guy named Coron, Big New York Times article about it last week. I'll give the fake news credit. This guy has massive conflicts of interest. He's pushing some silly lasso that the police department doesn't want. Eric Adams has been championing it since he was a uh, uh, borough president. Why? Nobody knows. Well, you can guess. There seems to be some serious financial uh, interest in this and a host of other things. So look, quite frankly, you know, I don't want, I don't condemn anybody, but I just know the guy and I know he's, uh, he's not worthy of this position. And, um, uh, I hope he doesn't get to serve four years.
5: Yep, we, uh, we agree, and uh, we are equally as hard on Eric Adams every morning as you are uh, every weekday afternoon. So finally, in the last 60 seconds, Greg, we had a buddy of ours, Tom Sullivan. He's running in South Queens for New York State Assembly. He ran for Senate a couple of times as well. He served in Iraq. He served in Afghanistan. He served in Kuwait. He also, by the way, dragged bodies out of the burning buildings on 9-11 and saved lives. And this guy, believe it or not, can't win an election in Queens. It's heartbreaking. But he talked about how on Memorial Day, when he was a little boy, his father, John, who, who your dad knows from the New York City Police Department, he would take him to local parades and he'd meet World War I veterans, World War II veterans. And that's how he celebrated Memorial Day. Yes, he had a hot dog. Yes, he went to the beach. But he would actually take time out to speak to and watch some of our braver men and women. What are your thoughts
4: on that?
14: Well, it's a beautiful tradition. Sounds like a very impressive guy. Um, as for me, Memorial Day, uh, there was always a parade in Garden City. And it's interesting. Um, there's a you know, real sense of community that unfortunately we've lost everywhere, but still there. And um, I heard this from Sebastian, Sebastian, I think his name is a
3: conversation. No, no.
14: <laughs> there's, oh, uh, there's a war correspondent named Sebastian somebody or other. And oh. he talked about, he profiled how the ptsd that some suffered and by the way it's over diagnosed and it's talked about probably too much but they felt safer in afghanistan and iraq because there was security at night and they were they were well guarded and nothing was going to happen generally there was great security but when you go home there's no sense of community no unit you know we're all on our phones we're all isolated and um, they they that's when the that's when the trauma kind of kicked in, or that's when the anxiety kicked in, because they really felt on their own, and they missed the camaraderie, they missed the sense of safety. Believe it or not. Anyway, uh, so I, I think any parade is really a nice thing, and and um, uh, although no, I actually I don't think any parade is a nice thing. I, it's, there are right. So be careful. In New York. DLM. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, you, they, they screw up traffic. I mean, you know, they're, they're, there's too many of these things. I think true. we had one for Arbor Day uh, last year. Yeah.
3: So, uh, too many. Sebastian Younger, by the way, Sebastian Younger. Yeah, anyway,
14: that's the guy. That's, that's the, the very dude. guy.
3: Hey, listen, Greg, you're a great guy. You can do a great job, one to three every weekday in 77 WABC. Uh, listen, have a great weekend yourself, and and thank you for your service as a Marine Corps pilot. For God's sakes, thank you.
14: Hey, wow. You guys, what a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank thanks, you, Bernie buddy. You care. got hey, it, You know what? Yeah. I used to park a vehicle next to your vehicle, the WABC that said Bernie and Sid on the, on the side. Yeah, you know what yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah. I used sure. to park in the same garage on 30, uh, what was the 32nd Street. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Pine Plaza. Yeah, and, and, that was where the
5: van was. Yeah, that was yeah, the original. It so
14: cool. And to be, to be colleagues with you, it's really great. Anyway, thanks, guys. Thank guys. you. That means a
5: lot to us, too. Greg Kelly, is. 1 to 3 every weekday afternoon here on WABC. A terrific job. 7 p.m. Every weeknight on Newsmax, he's really great, Greg Kelly. We'll take a short break. Hour number four, Bernie and Sid coming right up.
1: Bernard McGurk, unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg, I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. <laughs>
3: Goose Pimple time. All the great Rachels.
4: And ever again
1: divine. And you know when I was in school, we used to sing something like this. Listen go
3: ahead. Go ahead, Ray. Thank you on the Bernie and Sid. I could let it go on forever. I really could, but uh then again I can't. I can't. Uh, so so this is the last hour of the Bernie and Sid show uh, before Memorial Day weekend. And we talked about a lot of things today, a lot of uh, somber, sober things. But, uh, of course, it is Memorial Day weekend, and that is a serious thing as well. It's uh, We celebrate those who did not come home, uh, those who gave all, essentially, is what we do. Some gave all, uh, all gave some. But uh, we, we, this is to, to remember those who did not make it. And uh, that's what it's all about. When, as Sid pointed out yesterday, when you're eating that hot dog on Monday, that is what the weekend is all about, ladies and gentlemen. Fat and, bastard. and that's why we have this country, <laughs> third because hot of dog. people like that.
5: Your third hot dog and your fourth Budweiser, you fat bastard. Listen here, fatso, put yeah. that down and uh, salute. That's exactly right. Right? In fact, every single person, if you can't make it to one of these parades that Tom talked about and Greg Kelly, should do exactly. I love that idea, that Bernie's coming. You, you, you put down your, your, your hamburger, your fat bastard, and sing the national anthem. That's it. Just sing it, and then you're done for the day.
2: <laughs> After they're yeah. yelling that the Rangers lost. Oh,
5: <laughs> don't say that. I, I can only, I can only handle.
2: I shoot a I can
5: only handle so much loss, so much death, uh, including the Rangers. But I'm serious. Do do what Bernie just
3: said. Or sing God Bless America. Just do something. Something. All right. Something to acknowledge uh, the greatness that that is america because of men like that just do do it please for us hey listen uh three day weekend the the unofficial start to the summer the lifeguards are actually on duty at the beaches for the first time this weekend i i i presume you'll see some at your beach uh, this weekend uh, sid rosenberg yes uh yes. i'm looking forward we're going to see some uh, h- out here in long beach i mean it is a it is a, you know i mean d- despite the serious nature of memorial day it is, again, uh, uh, the unofficial start of summer. And a lot of people, you know, I mean, it's fun. It's supposed to be a fun weekend on top of the serious business. Yes. Go to, your, go to your Veterans Day parade at the very least. Celebrate those guys. Go out there and show them your love. That's what you can do. And then you can have all the hot dogs you want. You don't even have to salute or sing a song or anything like that. Just go to your local Veterans Day parade, and uh, that will suffice. And, and in, also,
5: even if you don't have it already, and you should, uh, but if you don't have it already, go buy an American flag and put it outside your house. Now, if you live in an apartment building in New York City, which is why so many people here are so, uh, they hate America, especially on the Upper West Side, because they don't even have their own house to put a damn flag on. But if you've got your, if you've got your own house and you don't have a flag outside the house somewhere, that's, uh,
3: that's not good. Go get a flag, too. Get a flag, you loser. God, Hey, uh, I'm looking at Rob Shooter on Channel 5 right now. Uh, he's uh, are you really? He's an inter- interesting looking character. Yes, indeed. Sitting there be- between uh, the two ladies are getting the you interview.
5: You've never seen Rob before.
3: I had never seen him. No. Oh no.
5: my god, that's funny. Yeah, no. he is interesting looking. That's a great way to put it, no doubt.
3: And he sounds just like James Corden, by the way. I just uh, yes, he does. Want to point that out? Uh, but either way, we're gonna to get to Ray Liotta in a minute. Uh, Ricky Gervais is back, and uh, you're gonna love the clip that I'm gonna gonna play here from him. However, just on a serious note, even Greg Kelly referred to this guy from the Texas Department of uh, Safety. He was answering questions, and he was, uh, he, was he was engaging in some weasel uh, responses, worthy of uh, the, the circle back of uh, Peppermint Patty looking punk Jen Psaki. Uh, this is cut three, this guy, uh, Alejandro Escalo, or something like that, talking about parents begging uh, the cops to go in. Cut three, play that please, Lou
15: accurate that eyewitnesses and potentially parents of the students were urging uh, the police to go in while you were waiting for a tactical SWAT team even that some parents were asking to borrow police armor so they could make a counter
2: assault on the school i have heard that information but we have not verified that yet so
15: what part haven't you verified we have not verified is is that a true statement or not or is it just rumor out there
2: so anyway,
3: he just sounded he came off he came off poorly, I will say that, and he was talking about uh, you know, parents begging the cops to go in. You heard the questioner, who by the way sounded like James Corden as well, asking uh, you know they were the parents were begging, hey give us your equipment, we'll do it. So anyway, a bad look there. Even at no less than a, a police advocate like Bernie Kerrick, former NYPD uh, commissioner. Here in New York, cut seven. This is what he said about the situation.
0: I don't know if they had people on the inside. I don't know. There's a lot we don't know. But here's what I can tell you. If there was nobody on the inside and they didn't have somebody engaging the suspect when all this was going on, I'm looking at cops standing there with plated body armor, with heavy weapons that could have been in the school could have been engaging the target. I don't get it. There's something missing. And I'm hoping, I'm praying, that it's not what's portrayed. Because what's portrayed is a lack of leadership, a lack of response, and it could be really bad.
3: Bernie Kerrick is hoping and praying, but he sounds skeptical that he's going to nah, hear the uh, right answers. I
5: think so too. I mean, you know, somebody just sent me a, a direct message on Instagram. And you and I remember this story very well. In fact, I got into trouble back at the old address. You remember I was called in the office by Chad and Craig Schwab because I was upset the guy remarried. But you remember the uh, the family in Connecticut, and they knocked the father out in the basement, and they ended up, uh, the mother, the two daughters, they raped him. Uh, the father escaped. He ran outside. The police oh, yeah, were there, sure. and these two animals still set the house on fire, and uh, everybody died, and the cops were there before, before... Uh, I guess, that uh, before these guys started the fire and also stood outside and did nothing. I don't remember if that's true or not. I don't remember the details. I just know that story is one of the most heartbreaking, really, in the history of this country. But um, look, uh, you know, if if you learn for the next time, but Again, these are human beings. A lot of times people do freeze in those situations just because they're trained or they're cops. doesn't guarantee you're going to get what you think you're going to get. I'm not making an excuse. And they should all be fired and made an example of. But they still are human beings. And I hate to say it, that's a very tough spot. Much easier to call when you're on the radio doing an 825 segment than if, in fact, you're standing outside a school where little kids are being shot by a shooter.
3: Uh, Yeah, no, well said. It is tremendously uh, difficult. I mean, it's it's just I mean, you your life is on the line, let's face it there's nothing more, uh, you know there's nothing more scary obviously than that, unless it's a loved one of yours whose life is on the line Right. right. but uh, anyway, we'll wait for some answers to come in, we'll reserve judgment, even at this uh, at this stage when it doesn't look very well. Now listen, you and I were talking about uh, the cultural rot that maybe is leading towards all these young men Growing up to be, uh, you know, just hateful. I think it was, who was it yesterday? Maureen Callahan wrote a, uh, a column yesterday about. She did.
5: She did, and she included the five pictures of the killers in Parkland, Sandy Hook, Buffalo,
3: Virginia Tech, and this uh, latest animal in Texas. Just little uh, animal Cretan losers, and why would that, uh, are there so many of them all of a sudden? in the last, well, 50 years, uh, and more more recently, I would say, in the last 20 years.
5: 23 but, years dating back to Columbine with Klebold and Harris. That was
3: 1999, on Hitler's right. birthday, by the way. On Hitler's birthday. So you and I were talking about the, the absence of religion and uh, the lack of fathers, and we were trying to speculate. We were spitballing. And last night I saw Jesse Waters on Fox News, and he summed it up nicely, and he has the full faith and force of the Fox News writers and brain trust behind him. So uh, he, he, he captured it, but, but he essentially said what we were saying a couple of days ago, a uh, play cut uh, eight and nine, would you please, Lou?
8: What's changed is the culture. The nuclear family's collapsing before our eyes. Church attendance is an, an all-time low. Kids' brains are being warped by social media. And we forced our kids into lockdowns, isolating them from socializing with each other and pushing them deeper into video games and wicked internet sites. Sports aren't mandatory anymore. Drugs are everywhere. The media and entertainment industry fosters a sick thirst for fame and notoriety. And there's just a general lack of respect for human life. Most of these school shooters fit a profile. They're usually young males who come from a broken home and don't have a dad in their life. They're disconnected. They live online. They skip school, get into fights, do drugs and worship villains. Many times they hurt animals and hurt themselves. These patterns are well documented, but the FBI seems to wait until after the shootings to look for red flags, and social media companies are too busy policing pronouns to flag clues leading to the next school shooter.
3: I think that pretty much uh, sums it up. Yeah. 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 And uh, look, police pronouns is a good line, and it's true, though. <laughs> it's funny. But also the the uh, attempt to feminize men. Yeah. And like this kid was wearing eyeliner, for example, just just one example. But well, the,
5: well, what what's her name actually pushed that point yesterday, Bernie, to just emphasize what you're saying. Uh, Miranda Devine, who said that this toxic masculinity stuff needs to stop because you're turning kids like you're talking about eyeliner, you know, women's clothing with
3: a long coats and uh, AR-15s. Exactly right. As a matter of fact, toxic masculinity is exactly what you wanted on display yesterday where those guys would have ran in and said, right. screw this, I'm going in and get that bastard. That's right. That is toxic masculinity, exactly what you wanted to have happen uh, yesterday. And these people have been work- working uh, night and day to get rid of uh, what they what they uh, view pejoratively as toxic masculinity. I view as uh, male heroism is what it is, being an alpha male, it's, uh, what it's all about. Uh, now, speaking of alpha males, I don't think Ricky Gervais is one, but he's a funny guy. He's a damn funny guy, and he's back on Netflix as Ricky Gervais, and he's got more F.U. money than, uh, than God forgot. He doesn't need any of this. But, but he chose a topic just like, uh, well, Dave Chappelle chose a particular topic, and I believe he chose this topic pretty much to uh, uh, say, hey, Dave, th- I'm in solidarity with you. Uh, anyway, play Cut 20, Ricky Gervais on Netflix of all places. Uh, play it, Lou, please
6: women. Uh, Not all women. I I mean the old-fashioned ones, you know? The old-fashioned women. Oh, God. You know, the ones with wombs. I love love the the new women. I know the new women. They're great, aren't they? You know, the new ones we've been seeing lately. The the ones with beards and c**ks. They're as good as... What about this person that isn't a lady? Well, his penis. Her penis, you fing bigot. What if he rapes me? What if she rapes you? You f***ing turf.
3: That is funny. And I have more where that came from. But uh, it's on Netflix. I'm going to watch it tonight. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, So anyway, Ricky Gervais, one of the funniest guys by far, should host all these stupid award shows. He did, I think it was, uh, what was it, the Golden Globes, notoriously, about four or five years ago. That set the standard, and that's why that guy should be uh, out there all over the place. Anyway, he's out there now on Netflix, so check that out maybe tonight, if you, if you want, over the weekend. Now, we lost, speaking of entertainment, we lost a great actor, a guy named Ray Liotta. He played Henry Hill in Goodfellas, also in Field of Dreams, but come on, Goodfellas was the defining role for him. And uh, it turns out he died in... Dominican Republic. I thought it was the Bahamas, but it was Dominican Republic. in uh, In his sleep, they say. In his sleep, yeah, we're going to see. You say you saw him on this, uh, this Saints of Newark or whatever the hell the name of, of the prequel from for the Sopranos was. Yeah, and he didn't look good. No, he didn't look healthy. No, sixty seven years old. Now, he. You mentioned his pockmarked face, and I can attest to his pockmarked face because I actually shared a room with him. Uh, back in the 90s when I was in WFAN, when we reigned supreme, I got courtside tickets to see the Knicks, and I was sitting next to Ray Liotta. And then at some point they put us in a room together. We didn't converse much, but I did get to see him. He was alone. I had somebody with me. He was by himself, and he had a very, very pockmarked face. Yes. But he seemed like a nice guy. And I also
5: said, by the way, while I did make mention of that, I did say that he was still a very handsome guy. I mean, when he was... Younger when he played Henry Hill and Goodfellas, he did have bad skin, but he was a very handsome guy. Very he great smile, that laugh. Yep. I mean, just so electric.
3: Exactly right. Yeah. When, when the scene when he goes across the street when he's in the Five Towns, and uh, he, you know he goes to uh, defend Karen's honor, he walks across the street. Yeah. When he makes that walk, I mean that 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 is the defining right. yeah. moment for him. I would say, and as as far as his male. Good looks and appeal goes. Be careful! That was a.
5: He walked across the street. He kicked the crap out of the guy in the tennis uh, little sweater there in the fancy car. That was the epitome of toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah,
3: (laughs) exactly right. And that's what you wanted at the moment. Look at Jackson.
5: Call oh, my heart.
3: (laughs) That guy disrespected his girl Karen, and he did what you expect a male to do: protect his women. And that's what men. Time immemorial have been taught to do, but recently not so much, and that's what it's a pox on our society for that. Even oh, though
5: f- he did have his cum cool on Friday nights, that he was you know freebasing coke with and doing hey, hey, his own. Don't, don't he, you
3: he, don't worry about he, that. He was, he was in the mob. Come on, take it easy over here. <laughs> don't complicate matters, <laughs> Sydney. What are you doing, Sydney? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, listen, he was great. His voice, yeah. the way he told the story, he narrated, of course, Goodfellas, and his voice was uh, iconic. And he gave an interview uh, to Larry King in the mid '90s, and it went like this. Please play the clip,
0: Lou. I've always regarded you as a major American actor. You never became a superstar, but your incredible presence as a character actor. And so I asked that at once of another actor, and he said, "The proudest thing you could call me is a character actor."
8: Yeah, How do you? I feel? would
2: go for superstar. <laughs> It's just when I started, I did my first movie when I was 31 years old in 1986. At that time, I never wanted to be an actor. I graduated high school in 73. When I decided I wanted to do acting in college, it was the 70s type movies. You the,
0: were the University of Miami, at right? At
2: the University of Miami, but the movies of the 70s were great. And I aspired towards that, because that's what what my learning was. And I always thought that you were supposed to do different parts. At that time, I didn't know. And maybe it was the representatives that I had. They let me flounder a little. I mean, even after Field of Dreams and Goodfellas, my third and fourth movie, I didn't just shoot out. So I thought it was about trying and not setting some sort of, of the way it is now. It's much more of a product.
3: You can't help but thank Henry Hill whenever you see Ray Liotta speak or whenever you hear him. He was terrific. Henry uh, Ray Liotta, we're going to miss him. Rest in peace. It's a damn shame. Great, great, great choice. Yeah. Yeah. He's driving Good down morning. the street. He's l- looking at the helicopters. Above. Yes. Those yes. are
2: looking like a mess. Uh,
5: my, my heart was jumping out of my chest, i got to be honest. Martin Scorsese had some beautiful things to say about Liotta as well uh, this morning. Go check those out. I think uh, of all the folks, I mean, Joe Pesci was a big-time guy. Robert De Niro, a big-time guy. I think Ray Liotta actually shocked him. Anyway, 1-800-848-WABC. wabc will play Beat Bernie. More of Bernie and Sid on this Friday right after this. We can make each
1: other happy. We can make each other happy. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
4: your
5: heart, never surrender. Jen Dolce, she's going on the boat with uh, me and Danielle on um, Below Deck. Again, I got my Zoom coming up on Tuesday. Really excited about this, being on that Bravo show. It's a great show. Hugely popular, huge. And um, get to sail to the Mediterranean on a multi, 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 multi-million dollar yacht. And uh, it's going to be a great time. Also, let's not forget uh, that today is the last day of... For one of our very valued employees, a guy that has become a very close friend of all of ours, not just a terrific young talent. And I, and I, and I said last week, and I'll say it again, if he doesn't become a big star at ESPN, I mean like the Kenny Main, Dan Patrick, Keith Oberman star. I'm going to be disappointed. That's how much I think about this kid, and so does Bernie. And that is uh, Luke Lograno. So Luke, um, I know today's your last day. We're all sad about it. We really are going to miss you. All kidding aside, you're a great, great kid and a great worker. So, just um, want to wish you the best of luck, and uh, once you leave today, lose our number, okay?
13: Okay, can do. Uh, uh, no, but I, I said this before. Uh, well, first of all, thank you to Matt Meany and Chad Lopez for getting well, here in the first Well,
5: Meany's right here. He wants to say something quick to yeah, me. Yeah,
14: I've been meaning to tell you this since 8 o'clock. Uh, he's going to host uh, Beat Bernie today oh. on his last day.
5: Oh, good. Good. I get to go to the bathroom.
1: I'm dying. after have for
5: <laughs> <pay in> three <laughs> hours. Now, that'll uh, be a change. So do I.
1: Who's going to play for me?
5: Right. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Bernie. Uh, well, listen, good luck to you, and we love you, and you're a great kid, great talent and you're going to be great. Um, we've been talking all morning long about the rules of engagement and how the cops may have failed out there in uh, Texas. Well, uh, this guy's going to hop on for a couple of minutes. I just saw this gentleman at a restaurant, La Sorrentina, in my neighborhood a couple of days ago where he actually danced with my daughter, Ava, my son, Gabriel. He's such a sweet, sweet man suffered his own tragic loss with the untimely death of his wife, Chris, just a couple of uh, months ago now. And that is the former chief of police. What a super guy and a friend of me, both me and Bernie, Joe Esposito. Joe, first time in a long time on the show. Welcome back. How are you, pal? Hello,
10: Chief. Good, Good morning, guys. Good morning. How are we doing?
5: We're doing great. It's great to have you back. Uh, quickly, uh, you said to me, Sid, do you want to hear the rules of engagement here in New York As the cops out there in Texas are taking maybe a deserved beating today? What are the rules here?
10: Well, first, I'm not going to take a, a, an opinion on Texas. I wasn't there. You get the facts. But the rules in New York are, if, if you, in the initial incident, let's say you, uh, the bad guy shows up. He's going into a bank or bodega, and he, he exchanges gunfire. Well, let's say the police or a security guard or something. Well, that's the initial incident, and now he goes in and he takes hostages. Well, you don't do anything because of that initial incident, but he, he's inside, and now you hear gunfire. You got some indication that there's some kind of uh, assault going on inside. Well, then all, all all bets are off. You have to go in. You have to go in.
3: Oh, so uh, I I, w- I would imagine that uh, that applies to. Uh, I, I know you don't want to take an opinion on Uvalde, uh, Chief, but sounds like it applies to down there. I'll say it. You don't have to say it, but. Uh...
10: No, it does apply. Listen, I don't have oh. all the facts, but that what? would be the rules. So, it, you know, the initial incident—he fires the people in the uh, the, uh, the funeral parlor. Maybe he exchanges some gunfights. He's going in. That's the initial. Okay, now you stop. You put your plan together. But the minute he's inside and you hear gunfire going off, all bets are off. You right. have to go in and engage that guy.
5: Yeah, listen, we we know that, and and again. Um, because Bernie and I spent so much time defending police when no one else does. Uh, clearly, and I'm not going to speak for Bernie, I may be guilty here of over-defending the cops in this case. And So now let's say I admit, okay, they, def- they failed, they did not carry out the right procedures. Uh, I'll admit that, okay? So what's next? You fire all these guys. If, if you were their boss in Texas and that was the case, they failed, what do you do next?
10: If, in fact, they failed, and I'm not taking a judgment call here. I don't have all the facts, but if, in fact... They did not go in. After hearing gunfire in there, that's malfeasance of duty. they, wow. they got to uh, pay a penalty.
3: Uh, they got to pay a penalty. There's no criminal criminal culpability, would you say, uh, Chief? None of that, right? No,
10: I wouldn't say criminal, but I'd say uh, their jobs are in serious yeah. jeopardy. Well,
5: not,
3: not just serious jeopardy, but they, what it
5: sounds like, too, is if I'm a parent and and my kid died, now, I guess, would you have to prove that... You know, the kid tragically was killed when the police still had an opportunity or the, ki- the kid was killed right away. I mean, it does sound like there's a civil lawsuit that may be po- – I'm not a lawyer, but it sounds like that may be the case against the police. Without a doubt.
10: Without a doubt. Yeah, this – look, This we'll be talking about this for months uh, down the road. But all the facts will come in. I'm sure a lot of those parents, and God bless them, uh, hate to be in that position. But they're probably going to take a civil action at one point. If If, in fact – the facts are are the way they seem they're coming out and again they can't make a judging you got to go to facts first
3: right but of course the the individual police officers are covered they have what what, what they they, they took it away from them here in New York but I forget the term for it the immunity
5: thing right yeah right
3: exactly so in other words they can sue the the town of Uvalde or maybe the county but not the police officer themselves
10: well I don't know the individual rule in Texas but yeah up in New York it's uh, There's some debate going on with up in New York.
5: See, you were with our police department back on 9-11. We always talk about Rudy Giuliani and Bernie Kerrick and all these guys. You were there, too. And uh, for a second, if, in fact, again, and we're all saying the same thing, me, Bernie, and you, if, in fact, these guys froze, didn't do their jobs, uh, they're accountable, and they should suffer any fate that comes their way. But it really does, Joe, go to show you just how brave and courageous our folks are here, that they ran into those buildings that day. As the buildings were coming down, they were still running up the stairs. So for one second, let's take a look back at how courageous some of these folks are, especially here that you worked with in New York.
10: Yeah, well, that was uh, that was a horrific day. And, and again, uh, the, the officers made multiple trips. And we had the officers that, that died that day that went multiple times in and out, escorting people out. We have pictures of it. So, yeah, uh, we rose to the occasion on that day. We certainly did.
3: And I don't doubt that uh, that type of heroism still exists in the NYPD and the FDNY, et cetera. But we're a different country than we were 20 years ago. Oh yeah. A
10: lot well, look, of... the heroism is still there. They're still heroes, but they're yeah. a little more apprehensive because of uh, it. Just seems like the tide is against them so much. You know, right. uh, the city council—they've got to wake up. This city council has to wake up. If you want to get a handle on crime, and Eric—I know you guys don't like him—he's trying to do the right thing. But the city—they don't have the tools anymore. The city council has taken the tools away. From the NYPD there is so much on these these cops looking they're looking over their shoulders every single minute uh, and, and there's so many rules and regulations that it's almost impossible for them to do their job the way they did when Rudy, Giuliani, when Rudy yeah. Giuliani first came in. I mean,
5: I fought with Joe Tacopini yesterday, so did Bernard. He doesn't want chokeholds. Let me ask you something. Uh, does the perp get the – does he have the same rules? I mean, the perp can do whatever he wants. He can shoot you, stab you, kick you in the face, but you're going to give the cops what they can and can't do? They're in the pipe of their lives with these animals. Do whatever the hell you have to do to get this guy to the floor. I don't care if once in a while a guy dies. They, they don't, don't play know. by the same rules.
10: How do you arrest a person who's resisting and not – Put them in a bear hug, <laughs> right, not grab really. him. I mean it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. People are making rules that have never been in the arena of the fight. Right. And that is right. that's that's the mistake. They don't talk to the to the NY, they don't talk to the experts before they make these rules and regulations. Right. And
5: you are an expert. Thank you so much for calling in today. We love you. It was great to see you last week. You were great to my wife and my kids, and and Bernie loves you too. We love you, George Bazito. Thank you so much. Thank you, okay. Chief.
10: Let's do it again.
1: Have a great weekend. You too. The great Joe Esposito.
4: In the
0: morning.
1: On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
0: Now, it's time to
1: beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and
13: Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters.
1: You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat
13: Bernie. Couldn't think of a better way to go out. On Bernie and Sid in the Morning with another great game of Beat Bernie, and it's brought to you by Peer the Spoilers of Pavilion Tankless. Said you know the great people I want to morning, host right? this
5: with you. I want to do it together. You man. want to do it together? No, no that's stupid.
13: A joint deal? You hate this game. I do. You always complain about this game. It's a stupid man. game. Okay, so don't turn your mic off then. But I'm with you until
5: last day, I feel oh, like. Okay. You said I taught you a lot. That's right. Give me two or three quotes that uh, I've taught you along the way. Take the Jets. I done.
13: And uh, don't go out at night. What else? I don't call you. Never? Ever? Ever. You ever fought in your soup? No. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> back to the game. That's going to look great on the resume. Yeah, it's going to look great on the resume. Yep, I know. I'm going to look back at this very moment, and this yeah. is what I took away. 24 oh, years old. Oh this God. is when my life gets shaped. Right, right now, he's
5: going to walk up to Kenny May and give him a dead
13: finger. <laughs> Anyway, it's brought to you...
4: I called you last <laughs> night, Kenny!
13: <laughs> it's brought to you by P. Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out at PeellessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com for a deal of you. They do build America's best-built boilers. We do have Rex in Cortland Manor. He's an IT salesman. Rex, how are you, my friend?
12: Hey, very good. Luke, congratulations on whatever job you do next. Thank and, you, Rex. Uh, really really appreciate that. Bernie. Now, uh,
13: now nice. Bernie's one of the smartest guys I know. You think he got a shot today?
12: Yeah, uh, You know what? I'll give it a good go.
13: Well, you listen to the show. You it means you're informed, which means you got a good shot. So let's go right into the game here. Number one, in 1937, the Hindenburg blimp caught fire and crash-landed in what state?
12: Ooh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say, I have no idea, but I'm going to say maybe One in
13: 50 shot. Oh, wrong, you're two-legged
5: back. Uh, New Jersey. <laughs> you know, the first bit I've heard of the Imus show was he uh, he did this bit called The History of the World, which Charles McCord used to write. And he explained all these history pieces. And he did one on the Hindenburg. And it's Amos banging a lady at the bottom of the Hindenburg. And they're <laughs> moaning and groaning. And he finishes the sex. And he goes, hey, uh, would you light my cigarette? <laughs> 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 and that was Charles and Imus' explanation behind why the Hindenburg blew up. It was brilliant.
13: I can't wait for the fun little anecdote we get <laughs> no. for every question here. Yeah, it's going to be a I'm great sorry. time. I just, I just got rid of that in therapy. But <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. All right, Rex, number two here. The Battle of Little Bighorn is more well-known by what name?
12: Uh, the Battle of the Bulge. Wrong,
3: you two-legged bag of anthrax, be
13: Custer's Last Stand is what we're looking for here, Rex. Oh Custer's gosh. Last Stand. Oh. All right. Number three. Which Bed-Stuy rapper became the only person with two posthumous number one hits with his songs Mo Money, Mo Problems, and Hypnotize?
12: You know what? Um, Biggie
13: Smalls. Lewis. That's Rocky. Finally on the board here, Rex. This is where we turn it all around. I can feel it. All right. Number four. Now, he belongs to the ages, was the phrase uttered by what secretary of war at the vigil of Abraham Lincoln?
12: Oh, my gosh. Uh, Gettysburg?
13: I, mean, I know. I'm bad. I need a bag of That's behind. right. Edwin Stanton. Whoever that is. What's the Yeah, you know, listen. Important guy. He was at Lincoln's funeral. Okay, were you? fine. No, you I weren't wasn't. there. No. Yeah, see, so, what do you know? All Actually, right. Sid told me that a long time ago. Oh, okay. Ago, there you <laughs> go. <So, laughs> all right. And number five.
12: How'd you like to play Mrs. Lincoln is my favorite line about about Lincoln.
13: (laughs) (laughs) Last question for you here, Rex. Spain's version of an Oscar award shares its name with what company that presents Saturday Nights with Tony Orlando on Music Radio 77 WABC? Could you say that one again for me, Luke? Sure, please? can. Spain's version of an Oscar award shares its name with what company that presents Saturday Nights with Tony Orlando on Music Radio seventy seven WABC? It was the clip of the day today, Rex? Come on. Oh my gosh! What company uh, brings you a Tony Orlando show every Saturday? WABC. Mm, nah, wrong. You of uh, Goya, that's what we're looking for here. Goya, Goya, or Goya. All right, Rex. One right today. It's gonna be tough. And Lou, Terrible. do we have Bernard back? All right, Rex we're going to put you on hold. Bernie, it's Luke. Remember What's me from work. What's up,
3: Luke? Yeah, I remember you, my lad. All uh, right, I'm, I'm, I can't not guarantee that I'll say the same next week. <laughs>
13: totally. But uh,
3: no, I'll remember you forever. No, You're a I good guy.
13: Appreciate you, Bernie. I'll always uh, appreciate the times we had. Sydney, not so much. But only two right today to win the game, Bernard. Do you think you got okay. that?
3: I think I can handle it. I right. ho- let's hope I can.
13: Let's hope you can too. All right, number one. 1937, the Hindenburg blimp caught fire and crash landed in what state? New Jersey. That's right. One more, and Bertie wins today's game. Let's see how this goes. Number two, the Battle of Little Bighorn is more well-known by what name?
3: The Battle of Little Bighorn. Oh, uh, the humanity. It is uh, The Battle of Little Bighorn was the uh, Custer's last stand.
13: That's right. Already have a winner today, Bernie, cleaning it up early. But we'll play the rest just for fun, because, you know, I'm leaving after all. You know, all right. full abs. Full f's. All right. Number three, which bed rapper became the only person with two posthumous number one hits with his songs Mo' Money, Mo' Problems, and Hypnotize? <laughs> That's funny.
3: A Tupac Shakur would be the wrong answer. It's Biggie Smalls.
13: He's hot now, folks. Don't let him get loose. All right. Number four, now... He belongs to the ages, was the phrase uttered by what Secretary of War at the vigil of Abraham Lincoln?
3: Secretary of War, that would be... uh... That would have been Stanton, oh my, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, my mistaken. God. Is
2: he
5: going to go perfect? John, John Carlos Stanton. Yes, it Just, yes.
2: Disgusting. Why is anybody else playing?
3: Disgusting? Edwin, I said
2: you know all this. There were a lot
3: of things you could do, they, they describe it, but it's okay. disgusting. Our
2: disgusting knowledge that you have, it's unbelievable.
3: Uh, it's not really that. It's, 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 well, you know, I'll clean it up I'm, for you
13: afterwards, s- s- Lou. All right, s- sound s- good? swear to God?
2: Nobody right. knows who Edwin
13: Stanton is. And n- <laughs> I, <laughs> I've
3: read many books, uh, many books. Go ahead. You yeah.
13: And he hit a home run right afterwards. He played designated hitter the next day. All right. Number five. Spain's version of an Oscar award shares its name with what company that presents Saturday nights with Tony Orlando on Music Radio 77 WABC. Oh, this is just too easy. Goya. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a clean sweep. Am bye. Five for five, a 5 1 win for Bernard McGurk. Easy cleanup today. That was Beat Bernie. I've been your host, Luke Lagrano, And Bernie, we've got Rex from Cortland Manor, on the line for you
3: here. That was in your hey, honor, my, my sweet. but and Rex, I
13: appreciate that.
3: Um, thank you very much. Great job, Luca. Thanks very much. Uh, hey, uh, Rex, how you doing, pal?
12: Hey, Bernie, you know, I, I've i been pulling for you, and I've been so glad to hear your recovery from the prostate uh, cancer. One of my relatives also had just gotten it and been saying prayers for you about it. And I, uh, and I was wondering, when you had Dr. Siegel on a few days ago, and you said, uh, you know the water might have caused things, and you mentioned that you always drink the water in Long Island. Was that something that I might have missed that you had said? You know, hey, maybe that was part of the reason I got that.
3: Uh, no, I never made that uh, conclusion or allegation or whatever. No, it's just something I did for years. I drank it, and I, I scoffed at my family for drinking Poland Spring. Eh, you're a bunch yeah. of pansies. You know, uh, I'm drinking the <laughs> I'm drinking it right from the tap, yeah, bah, 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 bah. Yeah. And I found yeah. out it was uh, contaminated by these defense contractors. The aquifer is down below me. But uh, either way, uh, no, I didn't make that accusation, Rex.
12: No, I, I didn't I didn't say. I just thought that maybe that's what had caused it, but I wasn't sure if you had mentioned, hey, you know what, that's something to look no. into. But, and the other thing is Ray Liotta, when he died, did you guys talk about maybe the same carbon monoxide that might have gotten the guys in uh, – Yeah, no,
5: no, there is no reports. Unlike the Bahamas, right away when those people were found dead, three of them, there were reports there was some type of issue. There were none here. He died in his sleep. How about this?
3: Maybe Robert De Niro had him whacked.
5: See what he did there? Uh, I like that. Uh, (laughs) Listen, thank you for playing the game today, Rex, and uh, Bernie, another victory. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back and uh, say goodbye to Luke for good and wrap things up and get ready for a big holiday weekend right here. On the number one rated Nielsen News Talk show in the city, Bernie and Sid.
14: Beat Bernie. Sponsored by
1: Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. On 77 WABC. Nard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway track. (laughs) Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Billy
12: Joel.
5: Great job by all of our guests today. I want to thank all of them, including a couple of war heroes on this pre-Memorial Day show. Tom Sullivan and Greg Kelly, both are terrific guys. Rob Shooter, Corey Zelnick, and the former chief of police who called in late and it was a great call. Joe Esposito, once again, wishing Luke Legrano the very best. He's got a job at ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut. It's a great opportunity. And um, it's fun. Something that uh, he, every kid wants to do that loves sports. Get got a job with ESPN. He's got it. And uh, we wish you uh, the best. And, uh, you know, we, we say to everybody when they leave we're going to miss him, and it's a lie. We don't miss everybody. Uh, not everybody is great at their job. You were great. You were great, and uh, you're a lovely kid, and we really are going to miss you.
2: I only know him a couple of months, and I love him. Yeah. Oh my God. That was yeah. so well said.
3: It's it's- a, as the loose pointed out, a couple of months— I got that feeling from him immediately oh, yeah. in like a week's time. Yeah. He really is a good good human being, a good individual. He is. And uh, worthy and very, very capable, a talented, a work ethic, reliable, all that stuff. Luke, Lagrano, I'm going to miss you personally. Uh, Godspeed and uh, happy trails. We'll, we'll hopefully we'll cross paths down the line.
5: And the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I met his father, Larry. He's a really sweet guy. So we love you. We wish you the best. We're going to miss
13: you. Okay. Bernie, Sid, Justin, Lou, I love all of you guys. I literally okay. could not have enjoyed my time here more. Bernie and Sid, you two have taught me so much about the industry and life. Uh, Justin and Lou, I got lucky. These are two of the funniest people I've ever met in my entire life. I've never thought I'd laugh this much at work, <laughs> but here I am. So love I, Luke. I love all of you guys dearly and uh, this it's is amazing. not the last to me so all right well we right. do love you too good, good luck, luck to you
5: man. uh lou rapino great job today justin ellick matt me great work guys uh today's traffic guy really good work frankie diaz jacklin called the whole crew we'll be back on tuesday don't forget folks we're off on monday you'll get lydia and john bernie and sit back on tuesday enjoy your holiday weekend please say a prayer for all our brave women uh, and men around the world today still fighting for our freedoms come monday and don't forget, we really do love all of you. So from all of us to all of you until 6 a.m. on Tuesday morning, peace!
4: peace. About Jack and Diane, two kids growing up.